There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 money line wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CHAMPION200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. Help Jews in poverty at HelpJewsNow.org. Your $25 gift today will help provide a life-saving food box to Jews in need. Be a blessing right now. Visit HelpJewsNow.org. That's HelpJewsNow.org. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. The Internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. That's what we're instructed to say. Roswell, Area 51, alien kept deep under the ground. Also have troubled minds. 
What's up, guys? It's Tuesday night, and that's one of the nights we get together and talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific, and all the things we're not allowed to talk about, you know what they are. Aliens, conspiracy, the paranormal, the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the bizarre feeling that we live in the Upside Down. We are streaming live on Facebook, DLive, and YouTube. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. If at any point tonight you would like to be part of the show, we have that technology. You can dial this phone number at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can also join the Discord. It's a chat client. It's a voice client. It's what all the youngsters are using to play video games. We use it to do a talk show. And of course, so 702 area code is a Las Vegas area code. That's where we're streaming from. That's where we're broadcasting from. And if you don't like the long distance, because I, I realize we have people listening all over the world, and I'm not kidding. I see the downloads all over the world. We're talking Singapore. We're talking Australia. We are talking uh, United Kingdom. We're talking Canada. We're talking South America. Everywhere in the world, we get people listening to this, except for maybe China and Russia. Well, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> but uh, but uh, so anyway, uh, 702 area code, some of you international type may not like because, uh, you know, toll fees and all this other stuff. But Discord is completely free. It's, a again, a chat client. You can uh, type in it and a uh, voice client as well. And you can also just uh, use it like an old school telephone. But uh, the quality is a lot better and it's completely free if you have an internet connection. So that's the way around it. That's the way we do it. A uh, couple different ways you can call in and be part of the show. If you want to find the phone number or the Discord, you can go to troubledminds.org. That's the official website. That is troubledminds.org. And uh, you can be part of the show uh, by, uh, yeah, phone number, click the link and uh, do your thing. And I'm just realizing I forgot to put the uh, the stream up on the website, but I will in just a moment. So, okay. So uh, the way this works is all that, like I said, uh, this is a more, less of a show, more of a conversation. Okay. And uh, so it, it is, a, it, it will go two ways. And I hope to hear from you guys tonight. What we're discussing now, this is, there's been some strange news recently, and I think that's probably just putting it uh, uh, just being polite. I mean, it's been nutter butters off the rails, really, is what the news has been. Uh, and not just recently, but, you know, let's say the last several years. But uh, today, uh, in the last actually uh, 48 hours, there's an article that came out from, let's see, where is this from? Let me get this up. And uh, this is from New Scientist, newscientist.com, all right? And they're, uh, they're discussing uh, the the actual Mars rover, the Perseverance rover that just went up there. We've been uh, covering that quite a bit on this show and on the new show. We do do a new show on Twitch, by the way, at 3 p.m. Pacific on Monday and Friday to kind of bookend the week. But uh, so on the new show, we were discussing this particular article, and this is from New Scientist. And uh, the, the title of this is Why Bringing Martian Rocks Back to Earth is a Bad Idea is a bad idea. Now, okay, so so what's happening, we, we have the Perseverance rover up there, okay, and the Ingenuity helicopter. These are the names of these two things. Uh, and so, you know, they've said that uh, they're actually flying this helicopter on Mars. It's gone through its four flight, four test flights. And so we'll see what's going to happen with this next. If we get some really good footage back, I haven't seen anything amazing yet, uh, but uh, that's what's going on on Mars from what we're told, okay? But then... This thing is actually going to be able to, uh, the, the actual uh, Perseverance 
Mars rover is going to be able to take samples, actual soil samples of the regolith, they call it, off of Mars and be able to send them back to Earth. And so this is supposed to happen in about 10 years, approximately, because, of course, they're going to do all the things. They're going to drive all over the place. They're going to find the exact spots they want to test. They're going to have to dig these things up. They're going to have to do whatever they have to do to get them back to Earth. I have no idea how that technology works. We'll, uh, we'll look into that another time as we get closer. 10 years is quite a long way away. But I think it's important to note, and uh, we, had, we had one happen recently with this, the, the uh, Hayabusa. And uh, they actually had a soil that was pl- a soil sample that was plucked off of an asteroid, and so this uh, they they brought it back to Earth, and Japan's out there trying to figure it out. But the thing that drives me a little bit insane about this is it doesn't seem like we are taking it serious enough regarding uh, the fact that if we if we pluck something off of an alien body like an asteroid, right, the like that Hayabusa thing, or uh, if we have the Perseverance rover send actual samples soil samples back from mars to earth that uh we uh, we might have a problem on our hands you know what i'm saying i mean you know like in the old days we used to not know what a pandemic looked like you know what i'm saying wink wink on that one but uh right and and i think that uh you know in, in the in the uh you know most more recent history here last couple of years things have kind of turned upside down a little bit a little bit more maybe upside down and sideways even so and and what i mean by that is is that uh you know we got a taste of what a pandemic could be all right but if we're kind of matching this up to let's say the spanish flu or something like this it's not even close it's not even close to that bad but i'm not even talking about a terrestrial pandemic I'm talking about an extraterrestrial pandemic. I'm talking about a vile pathogen from Mars that we're supposed to rely on the laboratories here to keep from escaping into the wild when it seems like we couldn't even do it <laughs> in China, right? From the uh, the level four lab that was over there. I'll, I'll get to that in just a sec, but but what the heck, right? So So we've actually got this rover on Mars, Perseverance, that's supposedly going to be able to pluck these samples off of Mars and send them back to Earth, and they'll arrive in about 10 years' time. And so that's, a, that's this article here. I linked it. As always, you guys can follow up on my articles. I appreciate uh, you actually doing that so that uh, you know, I, I can't get away with stuff because uh, I'm, not, I'm not in the business of making these things up, right? I'm just not. I'm uh, in the business of uh, citing these articles, and if they're propaganda, so be it. That's fine. But I do want you guys to know where I got this information from. So I'm going to link these articles in the chat, and you guys can follow up on me and make sure that we're uh, on the same page here. But here's the thing. The article starts like this. Around a decade from now, astrobiologists from NASA and the European Space Agency will be looking out for a ballistic delivery from the heavens. The first space capsule containing soil and rock samples from the surface of Mars. And so it's designed to thump into the Utah desert without so much as a parachute to slow it down. The sample return caps- capsule will, will then be transported to a biosafety level four lab, the BSL4 they're known as, uh, and that is the highest biological containment setup available. One used for pathogens like the Ebola virus. All right. And also notably, notably, yes, 
exactly. Uh, that's exactly the lab in Wuhan. If everybody remembers that conspiracy theory, right? That uh, it's possible that the coronavirus escaped from a lab in Wuhan, right? And, you know, uh, there's been a, a lot of uh, theories kind of bouncing around regarding this. And, uh, you know, some, some have traction, some may not. And, uh, you know, we've had people as notable as Mike Pompeo saying that, it's possible these things were uh, this this uh, coronavirus was, was created in a lab in Wuhan, right? So anyway, so this is from uh, the American Council on Science and Health, and this is what they're talking about: the best evidence yet that coronavirus came from the Wuhan BSL four laboratory, which is again, right? I just want to make 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 certain. I, I kind of discussed this on the news show a little bit, uh, but I was hip shooting. I didn't didn't really look too deeply into it, but I did tonight. And it, is this true? So a BSL-4 lab, according to this article from uh, NewScientist.com, is the highest biological containment setup available on Earth. We don't get any more locked down for biocontain. Bio, what is this again? I can't say this right. Biosafety, right? It, 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 that's, as, that's as locked down as it gets. A BSL-4 lab for biosafety level four, all right? So now this is what we're talking about. So even if you, you don't believe that the, the uh, coronavirus, the recent pandemic, was created in a lab, it's very possible that it was maybe inside the lab and got out. All right. And there's a, you know, a lot of evidence to suggest that uh, it just depends on who you ask. Right. Like I said, Mike Pompeo, I'm not so sure I would believe anything that man said, because, of course, he was the head of the CIA for a very long time. Propagandist deluxe, um, clearly a liar. And that's just the way it is. Right. You're, you're in the highest levels of government. Of course, you're just going to be a liar. That's just the way it is. Right. And nobody's really nobody's surprised by that. But okay, so this continues, right? So just just going to point this out uh, to make the connection in that we're talking about, okay, so uh, the lab, so they're saying in this article that the, this is from ACSH.org. So first, there is no reason to believe that the Wuhan laboratory is in the business of producing biological weapons. Okay, fine. So they say. But then the second, they say that the lab is a high security facility known as Biosafety Level 4, similar to the ones we have at the CDC in Atlanta. All right. So, you know, I, I guess uh, how much faith in humanity do you have, I guess, is the question here. So if we're talking about uh, biosafety, biosecurity, things like this and the level four labs, um, well, we have reason to doubt. Uh, I think recently you can kind of just look to the recent past for the evidence there. But anyway, so I'm not talking I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about a possible pathogen, an alien pathogen that maybe hitchhikes on the back of these Mars samples that will come to Earth 10 years from now and will be kind of towed away into one of these biosafety level four labs, okay? So, then finally, uh, to comprehensively test for signs of life in this soil, past or present, on Mars will make those samples a glittering scientific prize, they say. Straight from this article from New Scientist. Quote, returning pristine samples of Mars to Earth has been a goal for generations of planetary scientists, NASA says. But the space agencies are letting their quest for answers trump what is safest for life on Earth. No one knows if those samples, to be gathered soon by the Perseverance rover, could contain Martian pathogens, to which we would have no defenses. Nor do we know if the capsule could break on impact, 
NASA's solar wind sampler Genesis was breached when it crashed in Utah in 2004 after its parachute failed. Uh, so, of course, risking contamination of wildlife, rivers, plants, and fisheries, as well as cities. While BSL-4 labs are highly secure, there have been lapses in the past, with human error usually suspected. And like I said, looking at, into these things and uh, where this may head, I think, uh, I think we're entering a very risky time in human human. Uh, human I guess human history, it just it just very spicy here. Depending on, um, we're we're getting these samples back from space now again the asteroid, and then now we're talking about in ten years we're going to start getting samples back from Mars. So do you think it's uh, it's possible that on Mars there are currently alien pathogens that might have, I don't know what would you say a, a detriment, detrimental effect on human health. <laughs> I think that's probably a good way to put it. Uh, I think that's the thing. That's the thing that uh, really uh, kind of makes me grind my gears about this is uh, should we be doing these things? Should we really be doing this stuff? Because, you know, like, uh, why not have a, you know, first, first things first, let's put a, an outpost on the moon, right? And then if, you know, this thing gets out and there's like an actual Martian pathogen, at least we've contained it to the moon, right? Where there's not a huge population, it'll be, you know, it may be catastrophic there. But on the other side, uh, if we shoot this thing down to earth 10 years from now, and it does get out, you know, level four security biolabs, human error, like I said, how much faith do you have in humanity? So if it does get out, like I said, we had a kind of a bad taste in our mouth currently of what a pandemic may look like. But we have no idea what an alien pathogen may bring. Think of the worst of the worst, Ebola, for instance. And think about how possibly this thing could just run amok and be super, or let's say highly transmissible. I think that's probably a better way to put it. And uh, it, it worries me. It worries me a little bit. So anyway, so this is what's going on. And they're, they're, they're currently in the next probably several weeks, they're going to scoop up the actual samples from Mars that are going to come back to Earth in, you know, 10 years or so. So what do you think? <laughs> do you think this is one of those things that we should be concerned about? Or, you know, <laughs> there's other things that we should worry about. This is troubled minds after all. Anyway, so, so this, this article continues. This is from New Scientist. The risks, though small, are there. Space agencies are working with the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Atlanta and European Center for Disease Prevention and Control in Sweden to try to mitigate them. But they can't deny they exist. And that is a problem because the U.N. Outer Space Treaty bans contamination of worlds we visit of Earth on return. Spacefarers, the treaty says, must avoid adverse changes in the environment of the Earth resulting from the introduction of extraterrestrial matter. <laughs> well, well, again, uh, so how does it make you feel? So this could be the countdown to the extinction event that uh, people have been, you know, kinda, everybody's like waving their arms and, you know, the, the fear mongers, uh, you know, mass extinctions, mass extinctions, like uh, global warming, all this stuff, right? And waving your arms and, uh, and doing the thing, right? You watch the media, the fear propaganda media. That's all they want to do. They want to scare you. Well, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just trying to say, look, 
this could be prevented. And I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an alien pathogen, all right? I'm saying the possibility is there. And if it's literally, this is like an unforced error on our part, if we're not prepared for something like this, and we have no idea what may be in this sample, and we're going to just bring it to a lab in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> like, okay. Again, right? How could this go wrong? Uh, there's probably many, many ways this could go wrong. And I think this is a, yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit, little bit nuts. So anyway, as you guys know, this is live. If you, you want to be part of the show tonight, we are talking about Mars and an alien pathogen, possibly a possible alien pathogen. Let's put it that way. So they, they're, they're, they are going to actually collect samples from the Perseverance rover and send them back to Earth in approximately 10 years. But in the next several weeks, they will actually pick the, the spots they're going to pull the samples from and start collecting these things. So, like I said, are you concerned? What do you think about this? As you know, this is a live show, and I'd love to, for you guys to be part of it. If you want to be part of this, uh, give us a call. Simple as that. Uh, we have a phone number up, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can join the Discord. And we're talking about a possible alien pathogen coming from the Perseverance rover. And uh, think about, like I said, we have a, a taste, like a, a, a small taste of what a global pandemic looks like, all right? And I'm not playing it down. I know people died and all the rest of that. I'm not, I'm not that guy. However, right, think about a, an actual pandemic where 30% of the population ends up gone, right? It could get terrifying. Think of the Black Death in Europe, right? They say one in every three people, I believe, died when that happened. Millions and millions of people. And so that's what we're talking about. Uh, it, we're, we're discussing the possible contaminated alien pathogen that may be on Mars currently that, of course, if there's no life there other than these pathogens that well, we, don't, we really know nothing about, if they exist, then, uh, then we have a problem, don't we? And uh, love to hear from you. Is this something we should worry about or is it 10 years from now and you know, we've got two president two presidential elections between now and then. And who cares? Who cares, Michael Strange? We got lots of stuff to worry about before then, you know, uh, by, by electing the next guy or whatever, next gal, whatever. Yeah, you tell me. 702-957-1037. Join the Discord, troubleminds.org. All right. So, like I said, we've got the, uh, we've got the BSL-4 security labs, which are supposedly going to keep this thing in check. Now, need I remind you this? I know this is fiction. But in the X-Files series, they had this particular alien pathogen known as the black oil. All right. So this is uh, straight from the X-Files uh, wiki and the fandom and all this good stuff. And here's, a, here's an example of what a science fiction writer, Chris Carter in particular, actually uh, put this together as part of uh, writing the show. But they have the black oil. You guys remember this? Anybody watch X-Files out there? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure we got some folks that have seen the X-Files. But this is what purity is. It's called purity. Known as the black oil and called the black cancer by the Russians. Was an alien virus that thrived in petroleum deposits underground on Earth. The virus was capable of entering humanoids through their eyes, mouth, nose, and ears and assuming control of their bodies. It was sentient and was capable of communicating 
It is the life force of the alien colonists, which they seemingly use to reproduce their kind as well as infect other alien races in order to conquer the universe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Straight from X-Files, right? Straight, straight out of X-Files here. And that's what we're talking about, possibly, right? And I think that's, that's really what's going on with this is uh, I think that, uh, you know, in spite of all the things that humans say they can do, I think we have a, uh, sometimes a bigger problem on our hands. The, the, the black oil, as it's called, in the X-Files universe. Well, in 10 years, the Perseverance rover is going to send back regulus samples from Mars. That would be soil samples. And we have no idea what may be in those things. And uh, again, do you think it's a good idea? That's the question tonight. That is what we're talking about, and uh, that's, uh, that's what we do on this show. Trying to look forward, trying to look ahead, and not uh, try and legislate the past like a bunch of our knucklehead politicians always try and do. Let's look forward for once. Let's look forward for a change. We have these things coming down to earth, and we have no idea what's in them. Do you think we should be worried? I think that's really the question here, and uh, what we're talking about tonight. So, as a result of that, looking to hear from you. Do you think we should be concerned? Or do you think uh, I'm just a, a guy on the radio, a blowhard guy on the radio who has no idea what he's talking about? You tell me. I'm open to all those things. It's all good. We can have a conversation. We can agree. We can disagree. And we can still be friends at the end. But in 10 years, we're going to get soil samples from Mars. Should we be concerned what might be in those samples? And should we be talking about it now before that thing lands in the desert in Utah? That's the question tonight. Give me a call, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. This is Trouble Minds. I'm Michael Strange. Don't go anywhere. More talk about alien pathogens after the break. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.
Welcome back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We are streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and DLive. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. We're discussing a soil sample from Mars is going to be collected in the coming days to be sent back to Earth. Should we be concerned about an alien pathogen being delivered to the desert of Utah a mere 10 years from now? Or do you think this is the stuff of science fiction? That's the question tonight. Do you want to be part of the show? We're doing this live, like I said. And you give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. All right. Now, let's go to NASA.gov, this website here. Uh, this is, the, of course, the propaganda front of our secret space program. Wink, wink, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, let's go to that. And uh, uh, I've uh, shared the link here. Now, this is how they're going to do this, all right? This is how they uh, propose to do this. They've got actual, um, like, like visual depictions of the the containers they're going to use from the rover to get these sample they're called sample tubes to get the sample tubes from the mars mars soil to earth all right so here we go the tubes carried in the belly of nasa's mars 2020 perseverance rover are destined to carry the first samples in history from another planet back to earth Future scientists will use these carefully selected representatives of Martian rock and regolith, the broken rock and dust is what it's called, to look for evidence of potential microbial life present in Mars' ancient past and to answer other key questions about Mars and its history. Perseverance will land at Mars Gisero Crater on February 18th, 2021. Clearly, this is an older article, but it's already there. And in, in the coming days, they're going to they're gonna actually select the exact spots where they think will be... Um, maybe the most likely to find evidence of life. And then they're going to send these things back to Earth. So here we go. So these, these tubes, what are they going to do? Here, again, sample tubes. Uh, the, again, the technology is amazing, right? And you can read about all this. Like I said, it's a little, a little deep to go into uh, some, of the, some of the exacts on this. But uh, that's why I like to share my sources. So if you guys want to learn more, you can actually just read straight from what I'm looking at. Um, but, you know, here's the anatomy of the sample tube, the, the illustration and how it's going to. So basically, it's going gonna, it's, gonna to stick it into the soil itself. All right. And then it's going to seal off on the bottom. So it's going to capture the, 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 the dirt or the rocks or whatever it is inside the, the, thing, the, the little capsule itself, the sample tube. And then from there, they're going to be able to send it back. I'm not exactly sure there. So let's see. Uh, so as it investigates, mission scientists will determine when and where it will drill for samples, which is happening uh, soon, very soon, coming to a, uh, a news cycle near you, I'm sure. This precious Martian cargo will be packaged in those tubes with the most intricate and technologically advanced mechanism ever sent into space, the sample caching system, which is exactly what we're talking about. So um, so the, the second mission in this sample return campaign will send a fetch rover to retrieve the hermetically sealed tubes and deliver them to a special sample return container inside the Mars Ascent Vehicle. The Mars 2020 Perseverance rover could also deliver tubes with samples to the vicinity of the Mars Ascent Vehicle if it remains healthy well into an extended mission. The Mars Ascent Vehicle will then launch the tubes into orbit. And there you go. And that's how they're going to get them back to Earth, all right? So 
like I said, this is going on now in the next uh, several days, weeks. We're not exactly sure. They're still going to drive around and find the exact spots they're going to try and get this, uh, the, the samples from. But like I said, we're talking about an alien planet. All right. We don't even know if there's life there. And, you know, regarding Mars, that's that's the biggest question, isn't it? That's one of the largest questions out there is do we actually have what we need to prove there is or isn't life on Mars? And I think a bad way to find out would be sending it back to Earth. (laughs) What do you think? What do you think? And that's what we're talking about tonight. And oddly enough, now there's some um, there's some actual uh, uh, like precedent uh, of people believing that it, it wouldn't be the first time. So let's assume in the Mars crust, all right, that there's some sort of alien pathogen, all right? And let's say that it does come to Earth. People have suggested in the past that it's already happened. People have suggested through actually the theory known as panspermia that we actually came to Earth as microbes or what have you billions of years ago on a wayward asteroid, a wayward comet, right? Things like this. So that's what we're talking about, really. But if we're, we're going to force this kind of, kind of with our own, uh, our own uh, technology, I, th- I think this is probably a bad idea. But again, what do you think? If you guys want to, uh, if you guys want to be part of this, uh, I'm going to put up the phone number 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Um, go, go to uh, troubledminds.org. That's the official website. You can find the Discord there as well, Discord link, and uh, come say what's up. Come say, come uh, tell me what you think about this particular thing happening. All right, so now let's get to panspermia. And Oddly enough, here we go. This is from Forbes.com. And uh, Forbes, you know, good stuff sometimes. Other, other times, not so much. But, but here we go. There, there are lots of actual considerations currently for, uh, for or, or actually beliefs that a lot of the things that came to Earth came from space. All right? And that's panspermia, including all the life on Earth. All right? So this is, uh, this is from, uh, again, Forbes.com. And they're talking about uh, the headline is this. What is panspermia? New evidence for the wild theory says that we could all be space aliens. All right. And so if that's the trick and that's really what's going on here, then it's really not so far fetched to believe that there's some sort of pathogen on Mars that could be extremely detrimental to life on Earth. All right. I don't think it's a stretch. So here we go. Imagine if NASA's Mars Perseverance rover now on its way to the red planet, a little bit older, discovered microbial life there. It would change everything we know about life in the solar system and far beyond. Or would it? What if we accidentally transported life to Mars on a spacecraft? And what if that is how life moves around the universe? And that's another good uh, angle as well. Is, uh, what if we sent life there? We had our own microbes cling to this, uh, the Perseverance rover and we're actually seeding Mars with life currently. Interesting, eh? It goes both ways, does it not? So who knows? Uh, who kn- maybe they're maybe they're up there mixing some sort of microbial deadly cocktail as we speak, right? With uh, the the Earth the Earth microbes and the the Mars microbes, and they're having like a just a party. They're they're like, yeah, we've been waiting for this for a billion years. Yeah, who knows, right? And that's what we're talking about. So here we go. In a new paper published this week in Frontiers of Microbiology, it explores the possibility that microbes and extremophiles may migrate between planets and distribute life around the universe. And that includes on uh, a spacecraft, of course, sent from Earth to Mars. So does it go both ways? 
I think so. I think definitely. And now there's some interesting parallels here. And like I said, so they're going to take these uh, these actual um, uh, soil samples and bring them back to Earth in about 10 years' time. All right? So it's going to come land in the desert in Utah, and we're going to move it to one of these bio safe security. Uh, what are they called? What are they called again? What is this thing called? It is a, it is a, you know, the one that the one that the Wuhan virus was in, right? That whole thing. So the, the BSL four lab, right? The, uh, the, the best kind of, uh, uh, let's see, a, a biosafety level four lab, the highest biological containment setup available on planet earth. All right. Again, that's back to the original article here from new scientists, but so we're, so we're supposed to be happy with the fact that uh, it's possible that these things have leaked due to human error in the past in these, you know, these super secure biological um, lockdown situations. And instead, we're, uh, we're, we're going to be sending this stuff from Mars, right? But now here's the thing. Now here's the craziest part. So there's all kinds of things that kind of went through my brain when I was thinking about this tonight, uh, or actually today as I was kind of putting this stuff together and thinking about this and seeing what the... Uh, the folks have said in the past, right? Now, there's actual people that say that the, the actual flu, just the modern flu, right? The common cold, they say it came from outer space. All right? Now, check this out. This is from The Guardian, which, again, you know, shrug your shoulders, smack your forehead, The Guardian, LOL. But, for instance, so... In a report to be published in the journal Current Science, they claim the flu outbreak was caused by dust deposited high in the atmosphere by passing comets being forced down to Earth by energy generated by cooler patches on the sun's surface, known as sunspots. Sunspots. So they're saying, oddly enough, that there's, a, there's an 11-year cycle. All right? I'll read it straight from the article. You'll probably say it better than me. Okay, so they reach the peak of their activity, the maxima, these sunspots, every 11 years, coinciding, the scientists say, with all major flu outbreaks since 1761, including the 1918 Spanish flu pandemic blamed for 20 million deaths worldwide. The latest cycle began to peak in September, and the maxima is due sometime this year. And this article is all the way back from 2000. All right, so uh, we're so 2000, 2001. So we're we're two cycles past that now. But you get the point, right? Is so people are suggesting that currently the common flu actually coincides with sunspots in an 11-year solar maxima cycle, that will sort of melt these things or send them down from the, the atmosphere down to Earth. Which would mean, of course, that alien pathogens are already here. Which I thought was absolutely curious. And I've got a list of all kinds of uh, other 
theories where they talk about uh, these different pathogens that could be from um, from space, from actual outer space itself. And so that's really that's that's the, that's the thing, right? So it's it's one thing if we have these these uh, possible alien pathogens already in the atmosphere that coincide with the eleven year solar cycle. That when we get the sunspots get hot, it uh, it kind of pushes them down in the atmosphere. Whatever, right? Whatever's going on with this. That's one thing. It means they've been there for quite a long time. And Earth has had a chance to kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, kill off tens of millions of people or hundreds of millions of people and, and create these, uh, you know, immunities uh, or, you know, at least the ability to fight it. But if you do something like this and you take it from Mars itself, like I said, it sh- should we be concerned about this? I think we should. I think that's why I'm talking about it. But uh, there's a whole list of, uh, of diseases here that they think came from space. So I'm going to pull this up and, and look at this list and let you guys know what some of this stuff is. But I want to know what you think. As always, this is a two-way conversation. So I can continue reading stuff like I'm the uh, substitute teacher, or I can hear what you think about this. Should we be concerned regarding bringing soil samples from an alien planet back to Earth? And uh, do you think that uh, there's some danger there? I think that's really the question tonight. If you want to be a part of the show, love to hear from you. 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. Join the Discord. TroubleMinds.org is the phone number and the Discord link there. Can't miss it. It's right on top. And uh, that's, that's what we're talking about. And should we tempt fate this way? I think that uh, we, uh, we, we're going to have some, uh, some, you know, humanity has its own problems as it is. I don't think that we should be creating more. And I think this is a, a possible way to create more of this. So, so here we go. Let's see. I've got a whole list, a whole list here of, uh, of actual um, uh, diseases that they think possibly came from space. This is from uh, listfirst.com, and I'm going to link this, and I'll, I'll read just a couple of these as we continue here as I wait for you guys to call. Because, uh, again, like I said, I'd rather talk to you. I think I've probably made a, uh, a, nice, a nice way to start the conversation here with uh, lots of information. And um, <laughs> that's what's up. 702-957-1037. Let's go to this. Let's go to this. So let's go to uh, listfirst. Ten diseases that possibly came from outer space. The Pandora virus, number 10. We'll get to that in just a sec. And some of this mad cow disease, there's a whole list of these. I'll read some of this stuff from this website. But uh, we got a phone call coming in. Thank you for that. And looking to hear from you guys as well. Uh, Do you think, X-Files style, if we take soil samples from Mars and bring them back here and even lock them in a biosecurity uh, lockdown of sorts, do you think it's safe? Do you think it's something we should be doing? Do you think that's the, the type of fate that we should tempt? I think that's the question tonight. So here we go. Let's go to, uh, this is Beachwood in Massachusetts. What's up? You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you, my friend? Hey, what's up? I'm doing well. And um, just listening to the show, I think it's, uh, I don't think it's the, the greatest idea. It, I think it's a very, very small um, risk chance. I'm going to say the risk is, is minimal, but it's still there. And it's just so unknown that it wouldn't be worth the chance. Uh, I don't see why we can't go there. Like just put more time and effort, money, resources to go there. Uh, and I'm sure that because if people want to leave, it may sound cynical, but people are expendable to a point. And there's a lot of people that would be willing to, you know, step up and give their life to something like that. And, you know, I respect that, you know, someone wants to do that, but, but as far as like, we see right here on earth, 
what invasive species can do in just different regions of the earth. And uh, we have that problem right here in America. And it's with uh, invasive vegetation, invasive insects, uh, invasive fish. But one of the things that I know a lot about is, um, you know, this invasive vegetation is a specific type that grows in lakes and it's from China and you can literally, it, it destroys lakes. It sucks all the oxygen out of the water. It's this big, thick, heavy seaweed. And you can take a piece of it like, like a strand of hair. You can take it out of the water, let it dry out and you can go and throw it in another lake. And in a couple of years, that lake will be infested with it. And it, it's extremely hard to kill. It just never goes away. And that's simply just from moving one thing from one place to another. Um, so we know how out of control it can get with things like that. Now, with something from another planet, I mean, I think it could get too out of control to take the risk. And it may not affect humans directly. It may affect the ecosystem. And our food chain is just as important as us. If you look at the bottom of the food chain, uh, you know, if any of that stuff goes away, eventually everything's going to go away. Agreed. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it, like, there are there are chain reactions, and that's exactly what you're pointing out here. And if we're talking about these, you know, like like I said, just just the past year has kind of taught us what uh, you know what a what a actual um, pandemic looks like right again we've kind of forgotten the modern times to go all the way back to the spanish flu that was a lifetime ago more than that even so so this like i said like you know you kind of do a little bit of some some x files and some uh, science fiction and some you know thinking about the worst case type stuff and there could be some really really ugliness that happens as a result of this and there, there's actually even a oh, movement absolutely yeah sorry go ahead go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, right here on Earth, some of the diseases that exist can um, are a lot worse than we were. In a way, we were lucky that um, it was only as bad as it got because there are some really nasty things that uh, they kill you real quick. You know, there's cholera, Ebola, smallpox, all that stuff. Um, but then you mentioned too. I kind of think human race was somewhat seeded from like extraterrestrials and uh you know that kind of may be our purpose human beings are kind of like seeds we love to it may be earth's way of spreading life because if, if we travel to somewhere else i assume we're going to bring all the good stuff from earth i would imagine or maybe we wouldn't but the universe is so big so would that be you know unethical to to bring, you know, fruits and vegetables to another planet that was barren but could support the life? It's a, that's, that's a, that's a tough question because there is, is it right or wrong? And we yeah. get to decide, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think that was it, all I really had to say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think at some point you have to be able to, uh, uh, you know, if you're moving to that planet, you have to make it kind of hospitable to, to you know, us. To, we're, we're the ones that are going to be there. So I think I'm I'm less concerned about taking Earth stuff to Mars 
than I am bringing Mars stuff to Earth. You know what I'm saying? It just it just makes more sense that way. But again, I, I, we don't know what kind of ecosystem may exist on Mars. So we might just destroy it just by being there. So yeah, uh, again, lot, lots of stuff here. Who knows, man? And then not only that, this uh, these level four containment centers for, the, for the, the, the bio, whatever the hell this stuff is, is it, it possibly just got out of one in Wuhan, in China. <laughs> I mean... That's, that's another... Uh, very, very valid point. That's the one I forgot to mention first is humans are notoriously clumsy, notoriously clumsy. Uh, we make mistakes. We're human. I, that's what makes us human. I guess one of the things that does anyways, but yeah, notoriously uh, clumsy. So yeah, something would happen. Accidents happen. Accidents happen. Exactly right. Uh, I appreciate the call, Beachwood. Anything else while we got you on? Uh, no, that's it. Good show. I uh, hope some other people call in. And, um, yeah, I'll keep listening. So Pre- appreciate I'll it, my man. Talk to you later. Thank you, thank you. Uh, that's Beachwood from Massachusetts. Thank you for the call. We got uh, we got Tim from Georgia right behind you. Let's look at the time. Actually, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Tim in Georgia. And uh, Tim, what's up? You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. Uh, so we got a break coming up in just a couple minutes. But if you want, we'll start and then wait a few minutes and then continue if that's cool. Okay, cool. Right on. What's going on, Mike? You already know, man. Doing, all right. doing our thing. I'm doing great. How are you? Feeling better? Right on. Doing doing okay. Doing okay. My my biggest fear about this is is the space herpes. Um, the last time I was cruising around the whole intergalactic scene, being a pirate, <laughs> one of the crew members caught space herpes. So we definitely don't want that coming back to Earth. Let's not do Just that. Saying, I agree. Man. One hundred percent. I had to. I had to wait there because uh-huh. I, I thought maybe you, you bring Any, the details so hard. Anyone remember sometimes. Ron Perlman chasing the space herpy around the spacecraft? <laughs> besides me, no. Are you being serious? Th- what, that what that should about? be that should be the the guidebook for what you do and don't when visiting an alien world. Man, ice pirates. Remember, ice pirates. I don't recall. They had the space herpy <laughs> on board, and it chased them around and everything else, man, and that's what we're going to end up with. We're going to send some yahoos to Mars. They'll camp out. They'll come back a couple of years later, and it'll be like the day of the triffids or something because of space herpes. I'm telling you. It's not <laughs> a good idea. It's not a good and idea. And aren't we supposed to have, like, a super-secret space program and slave colonies on Mars according to all these other folks out there and and that's got me puzzled because why would they have this thing launched 10 years later if they're supposed to be on mars by 2025 that's a good Uh, question that's that's a very good question kind of of weird and and if you look up and run a search in your browser they just said something the other day where it was trying to dig a sample and something happened and it failed yeah i I saw that so So they've already had a couple fails failure on, on some of that Yep, exactly right. So, hey, we do have to take a break. So hang tight, Tim, and we'll we'll, uh, we'll continue this conversation. I appreciate you calling in. So uh, we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the the actual uh, Perseverance rover is collecting a sample from the Martian soil, and it's going to be sent back to Earth 10 years from now. All right? Now, again, this this irritates me a little bit because very much like Tim said here, we'll get back to you in a sec, Tim. I'm going to mute you. We'll come back and get you in a few. Thank you. Like Tim was saying, he's completely right. If we're going to be sending people there shortly with Elon Musk and the rest of this, why don't we just bring little laboratories with us and do the work up there? If there's some sort of actual pathogen that could kill people, why don't we keep it on Mars? 
I don't know. Just saying, right? Like, it's not like we're not going to be to Mars in like, you know, three lifetimes. Elon Musk is saying he will die on Mars, which means if we can take the man and his word in any capacity, we're going to have people there soon. So why are we going to send this stuff back to Earth, this possible pathogen that might have a very large problem? That's the question tonight. Looking to hear from you. 702-957-1037. This is Trouble Minds. I'm Michael Strange. We're talking about an alien pathogen, possibly, coming from Mars to the Earth. Should we be concerned? Don't go anywhere. More conversation after the break. time to start firing up the grill from city to shore acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season download the acme app the shop for this season's essentials any way you want open the acme app clip your deals then order your items online an experienced acme associate will carefully select your groceries bag your order and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway. Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. questions of you in earnest into the digital darkness good evening and welcome to troubled minds radio i'm your host michael strange and this is a show where we talk about all the things we're not allowed to talk about you know what they are aliens conspiracy the paranormal the government, academia, the 24-hour news cycle, propaganda, and the fact that it feels like we live in the Upside Down. This show is live. If you want to be part of the show tonight at any point, give us a call, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can join the Discord. Find the phone number as well at troubledminds.org. That's the official website. We are streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and DLive. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. And tonight, we are talking about the Perseverance rover on Mars is currently or soon to be collecting soil samples that are going to be sent back to Earth approximately 10 years from now. Now, do you think there's a danger in this, considering we don't even really know if there's life on Mars? If we're talking about microbial life, a Martian pathogen, do you think it's safe? 
that's really what's on deck tonight and what we're talking about. We've got Tim on the phone, so let's go straight to Tim, not make him wait any longer. Thanks for waiting and uh, hanging out with us, Tim. How are you, my friend? Welcome back to the show. Hey, man. Heck, no, it ain't safe, man, because I don't want to catch the space hurts, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Straight up. Okay, so I'm not familiar with ice now, pilots. Now, they got protocols. Go ahead, go ahead. They got protocols and stuff for all this stuff, but the thing is, like, like the previous caller mentioned, and he's absolutely right, human beings make mistakes. AIs, computers, are only as good as the people that program them, so they even make mistakes. And, you know... I mean, what could possibly go wrong? You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean... How do we know that Mars wasn't populated and they destroyed themselves trying to take out the invisible enemy, right? Which was like a a, a pathogen so virulent that it took out the entire population on Mars. <laughs> That's laying yeah, there dormant in the soil. To find out if you had it or not. <laughs> exactly. Break out the swab, my friend. E- exactly. I mean, really. Yeah. No. Exactly. And so, okay. So we we got a, some good comments here, and and I want to read these and address this on YouTube. NS says this: Hayabusa brought back samples in 2010. Hayabusa two brought back samples in 2020. Come on, guys. And you were completely correct. And I did mention that. But here's the thing, right? Those are from asteroids. Those are not from planetary scale bodies, right? Celestial bodies on a planetary scale. They are not. It is not the same thing whatsoever. Like there could be all kinds of like uh, like actual water underneath Mars just just littered with life. It could be it could be like it could be like Earth under there. And we don't know. We just don't know. And some people have suggested that's very, right. very possible. So I, I just want to address that because it's it's true. But those are samples from an asteroid. It's not the same thing at all. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. Right. I agree. I agree, Mike. It is, it's It's two different things entirely. And uh, we need to hurry up and get there. They just said uh, they need to quit jerking around and put some people on Mars. And we're in, a, we're in a race. We're in a space race with China and Russia. And as everybody's seen a couple days ago, right away on May 1st, China put up the first core module of their new space station and by the way their rockets tumbling out of control and they don't know where it's going to come down it may come down in our backyard for all we know um i've been covering that situation on my channel it's not looking good anyways um there's so much activity going on and i'm sure you know from asteroids already hitting earth meteors whatever i'm sure we've already been exposed to stuff from space plenty of times uh just do to the nature of space and how our atmosphere works and everything else. And uh, I think I read sometime, one time in high school where we already had a meteor, piece of meteorite that they believed that had came from Mars, that had hit the Earth, you know, that had been knocked off of Mars by impact on Mars, and they believed that that's how it got to Earth. And my first thought when I remember reading that was, how do they know? Well, because of the first you know, probe that they had laid on Mars, it took samples and readings and sent them back, you know, and that's when they classified everything, you know, and uh, back then that stuff didn't really get released to the public, and we've had a few people come out from NASA and say, hey, you know, there's a lot to the readings that were taken, that's why we keep going back, so I say we land people there, 
soon as possible, you know, and if they'll get to herps, well, then they got to stay there. They're not coming back to Earth. We can't let <laughs> exactly. everybody else get space herpes. <laughs> exactly. They can stay. So, yeah, Elon Musk, you might die on Mars with the space herpes, homie. And he knows it. But though. I support what he's doing. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. You know, it's something we have to do. Did you see the, the, the National Guard has announced today that there is going to be a Space Force National Guard now? That is what? how badly they need people. Come on. That's right. Come yep, on. I had it on my channel. I posted the links today. I'm not joking one bit. And For there's what? also, um, if you look at Black Vault, if you take any information in on what's going on with the FOIA stuff, there's some serious stuff going on there. And uh, that everybody needs to take a hard look at because now you have an internal investigation as to the intelligence failure of why our people are being attacked by directed energy weapons and nobody knows who's responsible or wants to admit it. Uh, the former chief of the Pentagon yesterday is asking those hard questions of the press and of the current administration. He wants answers. They wanted answers. You know, has to do with uh, Havana syndrome and all that stuff we've talked about before. But all that is tied in to space, the space race. Um, it's, it's interesting, folks. We're living in some interesting times. That's for sure. And somebody actually suggested on this show that it's possible that uh, some of this Havana syndrome stuff and the directed energy weapons might even be coming from like a satellite. So I think I think you're spot on there with uh, we, we just don't know. And uh, and oddly enough, that was 2016 when this first started. Like we've been covering this for years, literally years. And so for some reason, the press gets wind of it. It gets leaked, right? We're talking about it. The public is talking about it, at least the public who's aware of these things. And then for some reason, there's no investigation until last year. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they are ruining they, people's lives with this, like brain damage. You go to sleep, you wake up, and you got brain damage. It's sick, yep. man. It's sick. And, and just think, the White House was attacked, and they're admitting that the one garden of the White House was attacked people were affected at the White House. That's being admitted. I, I, I dropped some links on that today. I've covered it the last couple of days because what's important to me here, nobody wants to stand up and tell the truth about who's really behind the ability to go after with directed energy weapons to presidential administrations from two different political parties. I want you to think about that. And then the huge giant break in Russia and China from the ISS and the agreements we have with space. And now it's a absolute race for space. You have Bezos trying to stop the contract Elon Musk has with NASA for the lunar lander. Okay. He's directly involved with that. What does he have to do with space? There's a lot to it. There's a lot of good reading to do on that. And uh, I think I think somebody may already be in the business of, of, of taking stuff in and out of orbit. And I know if you go to NASA's website, there's actually protocols for bringing stuff in and out of the atmosphere like they did with the with the supposed moon rocks from the moon missions. Um, there was all these procedures that they had to observe um you know, to make sure and test them that they didn't have anything that, that, that would harm anybody. So I would think they would take pretty good precautions. But at the end of the day, I'm saying, you know, just go there, set up the lab, do everything you got to do on Mars. That makes more sense to me. 
Yeah, exactly. And then, and like you said, if you get the space herps out there, then well, God bless you. Godspeed. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, sorry, it was yeah, you. you. Can't come back. <laughs> so don't, yeah, you're not allowed back. Yeah. <laughs> then the then, yeah, the, then the borders actually uh, mean something. The border from Mars to Earth. <laughs> the space wall. We need to build the space wall. <laughs> and it's funny wall. because there used to be a project in the Air Force called Space Fence. Now they're talking about reviving that and having. So I'm like. You know, I'm emailing away going, hey, call it the space wall and fund it. And if you know who the bronze man gets back in in 2024, well, then that'll be a hell of a thing to drive the other side <laughs> insane. And we're out there trying to fund a space wall. Build that uh, wall. Build our, that wall. With our National Guard Space Force, Space Guard. <laughs> I tell you what, we got it going on, man. We America rocks, dude. Anybody <laughs> says otherwise, you're wrong. Yeah, I agree with you there. Wrong. I agree with you there. Uh, the, the, uh, that, that, I'm going to digress if you get me off on that tangent. But no, uh, okay, so I appreciate the call. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to start pounding my fist and raising my voice. But okay, so uh, anything else while we got you on the phone, my friend? Actually, no, t- I'm good. Tell uh, people about show, your show. Mike, great show. Great tell- subject tonight, too, because I, I'm like you, man. I'm so skeptical if they do this. It's like, oh, wow, what could go wrong if it explodes over a city? You know, everybody dies of diarrhea or something, then we'll know. Yeah, ex- huh? Exactly. So. <laughs> so so descriptive. Tell people about your show, please. That's it. No playgrounds at Taco Bell. You folks have a good night. <laughs> All right. I'll tell him about your show. Thanks for thanks for the call, Tim. That's uh, that's Tinfoil <laughs> Timothy. Tim from Georgia. He he's got a show on D Live. I've uh, I always link him to our show. Uh, if you guys are interested, go go check him out. Funny guy. Uh, lots of interesting stuff. And he's he's uh, looking into all this like we are. He's trying to do this exact same thing. Meaning that we decide. Right. The entire point of this whole show is we decide our narratives. We decide the things that are important, and we get to discuss them all right and we have the right to be wrong about it all right that's what this is about that's what he's trying to do over there too and uh doing some parallel stuff to us and also uh some other things we haven't even thought of yet so very very good stuff thank you again follow tinfoil timothy on d live and also on youtube appreciate the call my friend all right so that's what we're talking about tonight and again so uh so ns says this uh, and you know this is the, but this is what i like it's okay. We can agree. We can disagree. And it, it's what makes a conversation. It's fine. And we don't have to, you know, be contentious or silly at each other or, uh, you know, snarky or any of this. It's like, hey, look, we can agree. We can disagree. And we can still go have a beer at the end. Right. And still have, still be friends. That is what a conversation is for those people that have been indoctrinated to believe it means if your politics are the opposite, you have to hate that person. You understand? It's not that at all. It's, it should never be that, and it will never be that, as long as we do not allow it. You understand? So anyway, NS in the chat says this, and you are correct, my friend. I'm with you. He says uh, something to the floor, is it? Uh, the, the chat scrolls so fast. Here we go. All right, let's go. Let's find the... Okay, so he brought up the fact that Hayabusa and Hayabusa 2 brought back samples from a meteor, and I addressed that. He says this, I'd be more concerned if I saw mold, bacteria, or mushrooms growing on the Perseverance rover, which I understand, okay? I'm personally not concerned of a Mars pathogen, not like the ancient Antarctic pathogen. And interesting you bring that up. <laughs> Let's go to this article from NPR. And this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? So we have these, uh, apparently, these pathogens on Earth that are these ancient pathogens that come from all kinds of crazy places, right? That could be laying dormant here for who knows how long. And so part of the problem with Mars is it could be very similar, all right? It could be actually laying in permafrost on Mars, and then once we scoop it up and send it back, 
we got a problem on our hands. You know what I mean? Like we have a serious problem. So that's a, that's, that's what we're talking about. And that's, you know, I think, I think it's worth at least considering. And I'm with you, you know, like if I, if we saw mushrooms and mold growing on a, that thing, you know, growing on the rovers and stuff, uh, it would be a different story entirely. But, but as far as, you know, the rest of that goes, we don't know. Uh, for all we know, the, the, uh, the life went underground on Mars because of the radiation, right? I mean, who knows? Like there, there's a lot of actual, uh, you know, uh, science, scientific smoke, uh, folks way smarter than me. Uh, that are that are suggesting this could be possible. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. But anyway, yes, good stuff. Good stuff there. I appreciate you uh, saying, hey, no, maybe not. Also, maybe not. And I brought this up during the break, and I want to and I want to point this out as well. And so I don't want to be the fear monger guy that's like, oh, by the way, they're going to send us a, a pathogen from Mars and we're all going to die, right? Because who knows? Like this is, of course, highly speculative. I'm considering the possibility. But there's also on the, on the flip side, there's the possibility that if you get a pathogen or some kind of something, microbes from Mars, whatever, maybe it's whatever we find there is super beneficial and will change Earth for the better somehow. I mean, that's possible too, right? It's also possible there's nothing up there and we find nothing, right? But we just have no idea at this point. So, so I want to make sure that uh, you know it, we we include all of those as part of the conversation because it, it just uh, it, we don't know it, all speculation at this point. But I think, like I said, we need to be talking about these things now. This is supposed to happen in ten years. These samples from Mars are supposed to come back in in land in Utah. All right. So I think that the conversation needs to start. People need to be considering these things. How, what, how long before Elon Musk is supposed to be on Mars or send the first colony up there? What, it's, uh, it's 2021. I think, I think by 2030, is that right? So, I mean, if we're talking 10 years, those samples are getting back here. Well, maybe we have people up there by then anyway. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's the good stuff. Uh, and uh, looking to hear from you. I uh, appreciate the calls. We got Beachwood and Tim calling in tonight. If you guys want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Join the Discord, troubledminds.org, and uh, give us a call. Put you on the show. All right, so let's go to this NPR article. Uh, and it, it reads this. And this is exactly the same sort of thing. This is from uh, January 24, 2018. Are there zombie viruses in the thawing permafrost? Hmm. <laughs> Interesting, eh? So uh, let's see. Uh, I noticed. So okay. So there, there were there were people out there uh, uh, doing uh, doing science, right? And this is again from 2018. And so uh, they pitched tents right on the beach. Over the course of a month, Peterson watched a Peterson, which is uh, Zach Peterson, watched a gigantic pod of beluga whales swim along the beach. This is Antarctica. Came face to face with a hungry polar bear invading their campsite and helped dig out the skull of a rare type of polar bear. Exciting stuff, right? That sounds amazing. But then. The most memorable memorable thing happened right at the end of the trip. Quote, I noticed a red spot on the front of my leg, Peterson says. It was about the size of a dime. It felt hot and hurt to touch. The spot grew quickly. After a few days, it was the size of a softball, he says. Peterson realized he had a rapidly spreading skin infection, and he thought he knew where he might have picked it up. A creature preserved in the permafrost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we go. So uh, in the past few years, there have been a uh, growing fear about a possible consequence of climate change, right? Zombie pathogens, they say. Uh, I'm not I'm, I'm going to get into climate change another time. But, uh, you know, we have the earth goes through cycles and the permafrost is not always a permafrost, right? I mean, if you go back two million years, is it? Maybe, maybe not. 
It, it goes through these cycles. And so very much like X-Files, like we were talking about, is that, uh, the, you know, the black oil. There's this alien, whatever it is, this alien entity that uh, can, can inhabit people and use them as hosts, right? It's a sentient thing. But it was buried in these uh, these uh, oil wells, right? In these uh, petroleum wells or whatever it was. I don't know what's going on exactly with where they came from in X-Files. It's fiction after all. But But the thing is, is that, they're talking about melting permafrost and specifically bacteria and viruses preserved for centuries in frozen ground, coming back to life as the Arctic's permafrost starts to thaw. Now, with that, right, uh, we know that there, there are extremophiles. We know the water bears, right, that, are, that are, can, can live for, for almost forever, like they can go into a dormant state and uh you know dry up and they're they're like dust and then once you put water back into them or you expose them to oxygen or whatever whatever they need to survive they come back to life you see like this is the thing we're talking about zombie viruses now if that's the case and it's happening here in antarctica which has been proven that these things are happening all right i don't think it's so much of a stretch to suggest or even to consider that on Mars, there's something similar happening, right? Like many people say there's never been life on Mars. Some people say there, are, there used to be lots of life on Mars. And for some reason, there was a cataclysm or some kind of nuclear something or other or whatever, right? Like, you know, there's the guy, Jimmy, uh, the real Jimmy Roberts on YouTube. Check him out. He's talking about Mars as an ancient civilization that had some sort of cataclysm. And he's trying to find uh, these these broken apart pieces of this civilization in the photographs we get back from the rovers and things on Mars. So you know what I mean? There's, there's, some, um, there's some considerations. And like, like I, I'm not willing to put, put all my money on one of these things. But what I am telling you is, if it's happening here, these zombie viruses and the thawing permafrost on Earth are actually kind of coming back from wherever they were. Who knows how long they've been there? Hundreds of years? Thousands of years? What about millions of years what about a billion years lying dormant on mars and that's what we're talking about tonight so it is uh and of course the uh the the rover that's up there the latest rover the perseverance rover is going to be picking soil samples from mars to send back 10 years from now and so of course right you you kind of put the two and two together and like wait a minute <laughs> at least well i do maybe i'm a knucklehead and that's okay right i've been called much worse but it's okay so here we go so uh the idea resurfaced in the summer of 2016 talking about these uh these actual zombie viruses that are kind of coming back uh so uh, when the a large anthrax outbreak struck siberia a heat wave in the arctic thawed a thick layer of the permafrost and a bunch of reindeer carcasses started to warm up the animals had died of anthrax, and as their bodies thawed, so did the bacteria, right? Anthrax spores spread across the tundra. Dozens of people were hospitalized, and a 12-year-old boy died, all right? On the surface, it looked as if zombie anthrax had somehow come back to life after being frozen for 70 years. What pathogen would be next? Smallpox? The 1918 flu? The media took the idea of zombie pathogens and ran with it, right? Of course, uh, adding it to the, the fear-mongering of the climate change and the rest of things they do. But I'd be more concerned about some ancient pathogen being released 
from the permafrost, then you know, then then the uh, the things are trying to tell us about climate change anyway. So, like I said, it just depends. We get to choose our own narrative, and we're allowed to be wrong. Okay, and so, like us, scientists also work with a, a data set. Okay. Ours tends to be warped by the media, and uh, theirs can also be warped by a lack of information, by not enough, uh, not enough actual data for the the projects they're doing. Like there's by by all kinds of things, right? So, as we said in several shows back, trust the science, right? You can always just trust the science until you can't, right? Until you can't. So anyway, point being, nobody's always right, and so we're allowed to make up our own mind and make up our own priorities. And that's what we're doing tonight. Talking about the Perseverance rover collecting soil samples from Mars and sending them back to Earth. Do you think we should be concerned about a possible pathogen being sent from Mars to Earth and causing a grotesque pandemic? That's the topic tonight. That's what we're looking at. That's what we're talking about. Love to hear from you. This is Troubled Minds. I'm Michael Strange. If you want to be part of the show... Give me a call, 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. More discussion about pathogens, zombie viruses, interplanetary panspermia, and more coming up after the break. Don't go anywhere. Back to Troubled Minds. I'm your host, Michael Strange. We are streaming on Facebook, YouTube, Live. We are broadcasting live on the Fringe FM. If you want to be part of the show tonight, give us a call at 702-957-1037. That's 702-957-1037. You can also join the Discord and be part of the show that way. Go to troubledminds.org, the official website. Phone number's right on top. Discord link right on top. Can't miss it. Put you on the show. And tonight, we're talking about... The Perseverance rover on Mars. It's going to collect some soil samples and send them back in approximately 10 years. All right? Should we be concerned of some sort of Martian pathogen, an alien pathogen that might escape and cause a horrific pandemic on Earth? I think uh, I think we're at the point in the space race as it's heating up where uh, we could consider maybe waiting. Uh, you know, Elon Musk has stated that he's going to be on Mars soon, right? He's, he's stated in his lifetime he expects fully expects to die on Mars, he says, right? I mean, we'll see. Uh, he seems like the type of guy that will, you know, put his money where his mouth is and make it happen. So maybe should wait. Maybe we should wait until he they get up there. And uh, like Tim said when he called in, if you're going to get the space herpes, you may as well do it on Mars where you can quarantine on the planet instead of uh, sending, sending it down here back to Earth uh, in some sort of little capsule that might escape from the uh, the Wuhan level uh, <laughs> uh, uh, actual uh, what, what, the, the what is it? The level four lab is what they call it. It's supposed to be the highest uh, protective uh, pathogen, the biological security on Earth. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, we, we know how that just went. <laughs> OK, so anyway, so I'm going to go to this list now. This this is uh, kind of important to, to, to maybe cement the narrative tonight and that it 
it's not as easy as, well, you know, just because we consider there's probably no life on Mars, or the scientists are up in the air and really haven't decided yet. Uh, because, right, they need, you know, you, you got to have little bugs walking around and stuff, and then they'll be like, yeah, damn it, life on Mars. But until we get to that point, uh, you know, it, it's speculation, right? Okay, but check this out. This is from listverse.com, and there's 10 diseases that possibly came from outer space. And I'll read a couple, three of these or whatever it takes. And uh, give you, to, just to give you an example that these things happen. These things actually happen out there. And they're saying that they're probably coming from space. So if that's the case and they're sending this, these down to, from, from, you know, in, in the upper atmosphere or whatever happens, then uh, why shouldn't we be concerned about a possible pathogen from Mars? I think it's, uh, I think it's definitely plausible. So here we go. For many years, scientists have believed that the seeds of life may have ridden to Earth on meteors. This theory is called panspermia, and it answers a lot of questions about our origins. Unfortunately, those same scientists believe that alien bacteria and viruses may still be raining down on us. These microscopic invaders have been blamed for all sorts of illnesses, from the everyday to the completely bizarre. Germaphobes beware. And this is straight from the article on Listverse. Now, the first one, the Pandora virus. If the terrifying name of this newly discovered virus isn't enough to worry you, maybe the fact that it is 10 times larger than any ordinary virus will. Discovered by French scientists in 2013, this bizarrely unique microorganism is only found in two places on Earth. Off, off the coast of Chile, and in a single Australian pond. It shares only 6% of its genetic makeup with the rest of life on Earth. This has led many to the conclusion that it isn't actually native to Earth. It may seem silly, but researchers are seriously investigating the possibility that the Pandora virus is alien in origin. But don't worry, even if this scary-sounding creepy-crawly ends up being from Mars, it's really only harmful if you're an amoeba. All right, so there we go. There's one, right? And so there's a whole list here. Uh, they, they say, we'll, we'll skip some of these. But there's mad cow disease, they've suggested, right? Uh, researchers in India recently announced that the brain-attacking microbes may have come from a passing comet. The frozen balls of space dust have been found to contain chemical structures very similar to prions and other microorganisms. Tiny frozen aliens may have been blown out into a comet's dust trail and left behind to be snagged by the Earth's gravity. These scientists have since sent balloons into the upper atmosphere to search for the cow-killing germs. Right? See? We got, we got, there are other problems here. I think, I think that's, that's part of this is we should, uh, we should consider all these things. And scientists currently are saying, hey, we think these things probably come from, from, uh, let's see, NSS, nine out of 10 of these were suspect from uh, meteors, comets, asteroids, Mike. And that's true. NS, give me a call, buddy. Give me a call. Here we go. So that's true. And now here's the thing. Considering that, that means Mars is going to be similar, right? And they're also going to be subject to the exact same things, except Mars is very different than Earth, all right? Very different with the, the actual radiation, with the water that's possibly underneath, with all kinds of things where maybe the evolutionary process on Mars is very, very different enough from Earth that the same stuff comes through and turns into something very, very different, you see? So, yeah, I mean... What you're saying, yes, but I, I still, I'm not backing off the, the possibility that, that there might be some, uh, some sick bugs living on, on Mars here. Uh, so the Spanish flu, we know this one, right? 
Here we go. In 1918, the world was in the grip of one of the deadliest ep- epidemics of all time. Called the Spanish flu, the disease infected one-third of the Earth's population and claimed roughly 20 million lives. It was a uniquely deadly strain of a common virus. And English astronomer Sir Fred Hoyle had a theory as to why. Comets, he thought, deposited frozen alien viruses into the atmosphere. They were then blasted down to the Earth's surface by energy generated by sunspot activity. This activity peaks every 11 years, pushing more of the tiny invaders to the ground level. Convincingly, this 11-year cycle was shared by all global flu outbreaks for over 250 years, meaning that the Spanish flu disaster may have been Earth's first large-scale alien invasion. Good stuff there, right? And that's what we're talking about. So if it's, sure, asteroids, comets, and these sorts of things, why not Mars? And if we're, we have, for the first time, we're told, an actual soil sample from Mars being collected and sent back to Earth in the next 10 years, I think, uh, I think we have some things to be worried about. Here's some other terrifying ones. Ebola. Ebola is one of the most horrifying diseases imaginable, imaginable causing heavy bleeding and an agonizing end. It really is a fate worse than death. So, of course, the infamous 2014 outbreak had the world united in terror but some for more reasons than others. Ashley Dale of England's Bristol University had a theory. Millions of years ago, he thought, the Ebola virus may have arrived on Earth from a meteorite collision, citing evidence that microscopic life forms have been shown to survive the vacuum of space. He believes that alien rocks would have made the perfect vehicle. The bizarrely deadly virus would have been then adapted to our planet's conditions before finding the perfect hosts. Us. The evidence is shaky, but it does make for a tempting explanation of a disease that seems too terrible to come from boring old Earth. And yeah, it's fine, right? It's fine. It's one of those, uh, we're, uh, we're drinking the maybe juice, like we so often do on this show. But that's really the question. The super Zika, which is horrifying with that, uh, uh, the, the microcephaly. Uh, SARS, here, let's go to SARS. Again, this is from Listverse, and we're talking about uh, how uh, some scientists out there believe that uh, some of these uh, actual diseases that we have on Earth came from space, came from comets uh, flying by that were kind of uh, left in the dust of a comet's tail, and that the sunspot cycle uh, every 11 years actually causes the the flu, uh, the actual common flu, to peak every 11 years because of these these actual particles that are in, the, in our atmosphere. So as they melt with the sunspots, more of them come down and the flu season peaks, you see? So interesting stuff here, but here we go. This one is from, from SARS. And this is, of course, uh, SARS-CoV-2 is the other one, which is the one we've been talking about most recently. But in 2002, this severe acute respiratory virus, SARS, first appeared in China. In no time, it had spread worldwide, keeping people too scared to leave their homes. I don't know about that. Uh, it was undoubtedly deadly, but it was quickly contained. The sudden appearance of such a uniquely deadly disease gave many people, including scientists at England's Cardiff Center for Astrobiology, cause to wonder where it had come from. The scientists suspected that virus-filled space dust could have drifted down through the atmosphere and landed east of the Himalayas, where the stratosphere is at its thinnest. Then these microbes would have started infecting the locals whose immune systems would have been defenseless against the alien germs. The theory, while bizarre, accounts for the strangely sudden outbreak and deadliness of the virus. So again, there's more of these. We can, we can talk about more of this stuff and some panspermia and some other things. 
But what do you guys think? This is uh, again. So so it's one thing to have pathogens or uh, you know whatever these things are come. Uh, through a comet, right? The, the old panspermia thing, all right? Where, you know, uh, life is actually passed from planet to planet by uh, comets, by meteorites, by asteroids, by things like this, right? And whether it's an impact or the comet tail uh, kind of cruising by and the, the sunspot cycles and, you know, like this stuff seems entirely plausible to me. And I didn't actually pull up the spreadsheet and look into the uh, 11-year sunspot cycle to see if it actually matches the, the peak flu season, but, you know, some people have suggested that it does. So we're going to drink the maybe juice and go with that. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're talking about tonight. And should we be concerned? So with these things coming from space, actually from comets and some other things, uh, at least theories that that's, this is where they've come from. Uh, and, and then we're talking about the zombie viruses from the melting permafrost. Is it possible that the Martian possible permafrost uh, is is uh, kind of littered with all kinds of these zombie pathogens or viruses or whatever it's going to be that we have no idea about until we're going to scoop them up and send them back and in 10 years, unpack it and pray. <laughs> yeah, or be very, very careful. So anyway, that's what we're talking about tonight. So do you think it's a good idea to, to scoop up rocks from Mars and send them back to Earth? It would be a first, they say. Uh, we've never actually been able to study Mars rocks firsthand. It's always been through uh, these rovers or some other things, uh, you know, satellites passing by, uh, photographs, things like this. So, you know, uh, sure, fine. Like, I'm all for science and, and progress, okay? But I'm not for uh, kind of a wing and a prayer sending possible uh, things that might destroy the human race back to Earth when we could just wait another 10 years beyond that and uh, have, you know, uh, probably a colony up there that could decide, you know, if you'll get the space herpes uh, all by yourself just from being up there. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's from Tim. He says it's Ice Pirates. I've never seen the movie, but it sounds hilarious. All right. So uh, looking to hear from you guys. What do you think about this? Uh, should we be concerned? And uh, given the list of what I've read so far, again, SARS, we're talking about man cow disease we're talking about that uh that pandora virus like there's there's some really alien type stuff here on earth right people have suggested that uh, you know this is not really a virus but people have suggested that the octopus may be like an alien thing that came from a from who knows where right i mean you know they put on your your Giorgio Tsoukalos ancient aliens had to talk about that one. But you got it, right? You know what I'm saying. And uh, like I said, got about 10 minutes left to, be, uh, to finish up the final segment here on Fringe. But what do you guys think about this? Is this, uh, again, uh, to me, when I think about it and when I look into the actual uh, evidence we have to suggest it's possible, and there is ample evidence, I believe, to suggest this is possible. Probable, I don't know if that's the word, but definitely possible that there's a some sort of microbe or pathogen on Mars that could be detrimental to us here. You never know, right? Uh, and so is do you think it's uh, healthy? Do you think it's responsible to be flipping coins with that type of stuff and just send it back to Earth when, uh, you know, we, we, we could actually send people there eventually in the next 10, 20 years and then just study it there? I think that's probably the best way, the best way to do this. But uh, what do I know? Nobody asks me, right? Nobody asks me about these things. Okay, so uh, <laughs> you guys in the chat and cracking me up. Okay, so that's that's what's up. If you want to be part of the show, we're still talking about this. Got about ten minutes left. Seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. Join the Discord. Troubledminds.org is the official website. You can find the phone number and the Discord link there. And let's uh, let's read a couple more of these. So they say now this is an interesting one. And again, this is from Listverse and I. A, uh, a list of 10 diseases that possibly came from outer space, right? And so, so, 
as we do this and talk about this, there's a couple more. And number number two on this list is the common cold. All right. And so uh, years before Professor Chandra, I can't say that last name, formed his theory about HIV, he and astrobiologist Sir Fred Hoyle were busy penning this exhaustive defense of panspermia. It suggests that most space dust consists of microscopic creatures going so far as to claim that the common cold is actually an alien invader. It simply drifted down into the atmosphere and waited for rain or snow to pick it up and carry it to its waiting victims. As difficult as it may be to believe, the research is surprisingly solid and the book makes a great case. And uh, yeah, so actually he says uh, HIV as well. Um, uh, saying that, uh, okay, so he said this, uh, when it comes to the disease, talking about HIV, uh, the nightmare inducing, uh, let's see, wait, uh, responsible for age, HIV is one of the most feared viruses on the planet. However, however, Chandra, I'm going to try and say this name, Wickramazing, Chandra Wickramazing, a professor at England's Buckingham Center for Astrobiology, believes it's more than just scary. He thinks AIDS may be alien. So he and his team believes that it's, Super viruses like HIV are constantly being introduced to the Earth by comet collisions. All right, same thing. And I don't know, like, like you know, and the common cold, and then there's one more Gellin's disease. Now, there's some pretty terrifying stuff on this list. And if it is, if panspermia is a thing, and uh, we, uh, you know, we, uh, it stands to reason that Mars is littered with all kinds of this stuff, and it has been for billions of years, right? So on Earth, we have the natural cycles, we have the atmosphere, we have the, you know, the, 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 the rain cycles, we have all kinds of things that maybe cleanse the air in some capacity, but uh, at least knock it down, right? Kind of the rain knocks it down, the wind blows it around. I don't know about Mars so much. You, imagine if you didn't really have a thick atmosphere, you didn't have like lush rain, like in some places we do on the Earth, and then you just kind of litter them with, uh, with, with, um, bacteria pathogens with viruses then what they they lay there dormant right and they get blown around and mixed together and and they they lie in wait for the mars rover <laughs> to come to come scoop them up and send them back to earth i don't know like i said i, I just don't think it's that far of a stretch here but anyway uh, looking to hear from you again 702-957-1037 there's more there's more of this and i think it's uh I don't know. Uh, like I said, uh, th- these are the types of things that should be on the docket for politicians, in my opinion. Should should this be outlawed? Should this be the sample, the soil sample coming from Mars? Should it be actually maybe vetted, maybe on the moon or something first? By you know, hopefully we have a a some sort of small laboratory on the moon. So like like Tim said, if you get the space herpes, at least you can quarantine it to the moon and not just send it back and have it explode over a city or something and just like destroy the earth, right? I mean, you know, I say that uh, uh, tongue in cheek a little bit, but still, like these are risks. And uh, speaking of risks, you know, kind of like the Chinese satellite that's in the sky that might just land wherever. Yeah, that's real too. That's happening. <laughs> that's happening. Actually, it's not a satellite. I think it's part of a rocket. But yeah, yeah, crazy stuff. Let's see. So what do we got in the chat here? Let's see. Let's see. Um, let's see. Just uh, cruising the chat. Again, uh, if you guys want to be part of the show, you know what to do. Troubleminds.org. And uh, all right. So we got some more here. Let me uh, let me pull up just a little bit more and we'll finish this up. So that's that's the trick, right? So we're, we started talking about the, uh, the actual um, Perseverance rover scooping up a, a uh, soil sample from Mars and sending it back to Earth. Okay, which is all fine. Uh, or is it? 
I think that's really the question here. Uh, so why do we uh, why do we end up uh, not worrying about these things until it's too late? Sometimes I think that's that's people kind of just being stupid here. So let's go to Time.com. This is a Time magazine, and uh, this is exactly what I'm talking about here. And uh, I think this will probably wrap this up nicely with a nicely with a neat little bow here. But uh, Time magazine, Time.com reports. Coronavirus could preview what will happen when alien life reaches Earth. All right. So uh, humanity as a whole is suffering the effects of the disease, but the Chinese are taking a particular kind of heat. Okay, Wuhan, like we said, blah, blah, blah. But here we go. COVID-19 is an entirely terrestrial problem, one that has not a lick to do with space. And yet consider, even as the virus rages, NASA is poised to launch a new rover to Mars in July that will look for microbial life and gather up some rock and soil samples, which will be brought back to Earth, potentially containing that very same microbial life on a later mission. So how do you think it's going to work out? Exactly, right? So on one hand, there's almost no likelihood any of any risk of contagion, right? As in a column in space.com pointing out last week, NASA has a long history of working to protect the Earth from biohazards from other planets and to protect other planets from biohazards from Earth. Okay, fine. Like we said, they're trying to keep these things from happening, all right, as they should, and they should take it very seriously. However, however, what just happened in the lab in Wuhan, right? Where did this thing actually come from? And there have been cases where, uh, you know, people make mistakes, and not only little mistakes, tremendously huge mistakes, huge, huge Right. Okay. So the space agency has an entire division dedicated to that goal, formerly known as the Office of Safety and Mission Assurance, the OSMA, but more commonly and descriptively known as the Planetary Protection Office. So that's really the case here. Are we going to put all our eggs in, in the basket of the Planetary Protection Office, I guess is the question. As they put it, the, as OSMA puts it, its mission is to carefully control forward contamination of other worlds by organisms and organic materials carried by spacecraft, and to rigorously preclude backward contamination of Earth by extraterrestrial life. There you go. And uh, so, you know, uh, does it make you feel any better that we have a particular uh, part of NASA that specializes in keeping pathogens from cross-contaminating planets. Does that make you feel any better? Well, you know, I'm glad people are thinking about these things, but I'm, you know, not happy with the fact that, like Beachwood said when he called in, that part of being human is we screw things up. It's just part of being human. We're, we're not perfect. We're not perfect entities. We never will be. Well, until they make us machines, right? Wink, wink on that one. But, uh, you know, for the time being, we're, we're still, you know, these, these meat puppets that, uh, you know, sometimes have a hangover the next morning type of thing. You know, you, you just never know what happens. People have bad days. And, uh, you know, people get sick. People get frustrated. People get whatever. And uh, they, they make mistakes. And so, you know, as long as, hey, as long as you got troubled minds on the case. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, you know, again, I think I think that just part of that conversation is thinking forward. I mean, this is 10 years away, right? Except uh, it's in the news this week, which is why we brought it up and we're talking about it, because they're going to scoop up these Martian soils this week to be sent back 10 years from now. So I think that's really the question here is, uh, uh, I don't know, you like this type of conversation? That's uh, That's one of the questions. And the other is exactly this. Should we be concerned? Should we be extremely careful 
with soil from a Martian planet, from an alien planet, Mars itself, that there may be some sort of dormant microbial life, a pathogen detrimental to humans? That's the question, right? I don't think it's really that far out there to ask the question or uh, to be concerned about it. I think it's something we should have on the top of our mind. And I think the politicians should be considering these things. But what can you do? What can you do? They don't listen to me. They don't listen to you. <laughs> Unless you don't try not to pay your taxes, then, then they'll send a goon to your door, right? But uh, yeah. So anyway, as we finish this up, that's really the conversation tonight. Thanks thanks for being part of this. Thanks for hanging out. I know that uh, sometimes the, the subject matter is, well, a little out there. But uh, it wouldn't be troubled minds if it wasn't. So thanks for, uh, thanks for being part of it. Thanks for the phone calls. Thanks for all the great chat. If you guys are listening on the Fringe FM, stay tuned for Joe Roop, Lighting the Void. If you're listening on DLive, YouTube, or Facebook, stay tuned for a third hour of Troubled Minds. We're still taking your phone calls, and uh, you know the deal. We'll be back tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Pacific, Wednesday and Thursday. Tomorrow we're going to talk. We'll have Ash on the show, and we'll be talking about Star Wars Day. We'll be a day late and a dollar short like usual, but uh, stay tuned for that tomorrow. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure, be strong, be true. From our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. Welcome back to Troubled Minds. As I sit down here, okay, so uh, we're still doing our thing. We're talking about uh, this this uh, possible pathogen from Mars. Again, you know, some people in the chat uh, give me a little guff. It's okay. I think, uh, uh, like I said, if you're not ahead of the game talking about this stuff and the possibilities, then uh, what are you doing, you know? Then you're reactive and uh, you're just like the rest of our politicians. And, you know, uh, not that I'm a politician or anything, but you get the point. You get the point. So uh, we're still talking about that. If you want to be part of the show, 702-957-1037. Some scientists have, uh, even respected ones, have decided that it's possible that uh, a lot of our uh, actual diseases that we have here on Earth have come from space. And so not just space from uh, meteors or comets or things like this in particular are kind of uh, caught up in their their tails, right? And as the, they fly by through the atmosphere or by the atmosphere, the, uh, the sunspots in 11-year cycles uh, tend to coincide with the flu seasons, and they peak when the sunspots peak. Uh, which would suggest that the the actual tail of the comet has these microscopic organisms that kind of float around way up there and then uh, kind of melt and come down uh, when the uh, the sunspots peak and uh, uh, yeah so so there we go that's what we're talking about and uh, pathogens from Mars uh, the opportunity or uh, no, perseverance rover actually not the uh, not the opportunity the perseverance rover uh, the, there is an opportunity rover it's just not the one we're talking about today. Uh, is supposed to scoop up some uh, Martian soil samples and send them back to Earth in 10 years or so. So uh, I think uh, what better time to talk about it than right now when they're they're ready to scoop these things up and send them back. Is our fate being decided today? Or is this just much ado about nothing? That's the question. So phone number's up, troubleminds.org. You know what to do. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Jay. Jay in the caller queue on Discord. What's up, Jay? You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you? Great, Mike. How are you? Doing great, man. Doing very um, well. Thank you. I was just wondering that why does it take 10 years to get back? 
Oh, uh, okay. So I think the craft that's there to bring them back isn't there yet. I think that's what's up. So they have to, they're still, it's the second part of the mission. I think that's what's going on. They're going to send another thing out there and just by, yeah, everybody's got the math right. We're going to get close enough that we can hook the two together. One's going to pick it up and then, yeah. And then, and so it has to be something that could relaunch and come back. So clearly if like a, an engineering feat is amazing to get something to land safely on Mars, getting something to land safely and then also take off again has got to be insane. So, so that's and close on. enough to get up with the other guy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm sure Mars is not little. No, no, um, definitely not. But yeah, so that that's why I think it's a, it's a second part as, as I understand it, it's the second part of the mission. But uh, they are for some reason they're scooping the samples now, which it kind of doesn't make sense, right? Maybe you would wait a little longer. But anyway, like I'm saying, I'm sure I got an interesting thought. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I don't um, know. Uh, the my uncle was in like the Pacific when they were doing the testing on the atom bombs bikini atoll and all that out there in the middle of nowhere i can't remember what the war was but they found a thing in his he was a machinist for the navy and you know i don't know if anybody's ever seen those giant toolboxes that they have where the top has got all the little drawers for your micro screwdrivers and the bottom's got all the big drawers for your bigger tools and stuff like that well the two actually come apart so you can move them well, in between the two is a space of about an inch, inch and a half for the metal that holds them together to meet together. He had his diaries in there. From They used to go and take soil samples and everything else like that of the islands that they would let off the bombs in, and then they would go back after the fire died down and do it again just to see you know we're taking a sample you know right here at this spot you know maybe do it maybe we're doing that you know i see on 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 mars you mean right maybe we're just doing that on a different level yeah it could be it could be like like i said uh, we don't really know exactly what's going on because we only know what they tell us and clearly right uh we're not told everything and right. you know, I mean, you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we we can be unhappy about it, but we're never going to get read into the super secret programs that uh, you know NASA's doing. So you know, we're going to have to deal. We with We could that. join the National Guard Space Force and get our two weeks a year in up there on Mars. Get our training, maybe a little peek over the fence while we're building a new bunker, shoveling dirt, or peeling potatoes, or whatever it is we got to do while we're up there. While we're uh, in the, the the Mars slave colony, <laughs> well, I mean, they say they got the National Guard now. I mean, what does the Space National Guard do? I have no idea. Tim was talking about that. I I really don't know. I hadn't actually seen that yet. So so, <laughs> what they're actually doing, I I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't tell you. Um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, just reading some chat here in the thing, just trying to catch up. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that means. Uh, other than uh, you know, just more more uh, more people to you know send to to boots on necks i guess (laughs) i have no idea well yeah i mean wow going down a different road there aren't we yeah well it's also another uh definitely uh, pertinent road that we need to talk about but maybe not tonight but yeah so i mean no i mean that's i understand that a lot i mean you see it yeah everywhere exactly Exactly. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe that's what's going on. Uh, and I don't know I'm, the, the 10 year timeline. I, I'm not exactly sure, but don't you think that, uh, 
given uh, what when does Elon Musk? I'll look this up actually. So Elon Musk is saying that he's going to be the first colony on Mars is going to be in 2030, I believe. Let's see. Let's find out. I'm going I'm to look it up real quick. 2030. He's put. He keeps pushing it back. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly when. He wanted to be there in 2022. He wanted to have a start. I guess a couple of guys and his modular home set up that they have all the different architects fighting for the oh, thing yeah. for now. You were correct. Some of those things are pretty cool the way they do that. Yeah, no, it's exactly. a great idea. You're going to shoot up a balloon and then build a great big concrete thing where they microwave the dirt so much it turns into concrete. That's a cool idea. That is. Cool. That's how they built the pyramids. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe. Uh, okay, here we go. So this is from MSN. I found it. So Elon Musk says this. Who's actually going to be on uh, Saturday Night Live? By the way, I, I couldn't say that. Get your Dogecoin before then. It, oh God! Did you see the price of Dogecoin? Holy shit! <laughs> I did. Fifty-seven cents, I think, before we started tonight. It ended, yeah, it ended fifty-seven cents. It doesn't end. It's at sixty-four right now. It's a twenty-four oh, thing. Crap. Yeah, it just keeps going. It says sixty-four cents right now. Holy shit! So okay. Hopefully, I got enough. <laughs> uh, so again, this is not financial advice, but I did hear that one guy, J J R N Y Crypto say that he he expects that when doge hits a dollar there's going to be a huge sell-off because a lot of the people have been holding for a long time will now will at that point be wealthy and so that's when the sell-off is going to come so he's he's expecting and he's he's an expert clearly but again this is not financial advice etc this is third party even from somebody else but he's saying that when it hits a buck there's going to be a huge sell-off and he fully expects that to happen so now but some of those guys are going to make like 75 80 cents a dollar, you know, yeah, you yeah. turn 15 cents into a dollar. Yeah. Like exactly. a good time to sell. If you're buying a hundred shares a day. Exactly right. Exactly right. So here we go back, back to this real fast. So Elon Musk says this, uh, he, uh, he would be able to send people to Mars by 2024, but later revise the goal to a later date. So you were correct. So he said now in December, he was highly confident that his company could land humans on Mars by 2026. So they do keep pushing this back. All right. But, uh, you know, let's say let's he's let's hopeful. Get, yeah, I mean, he's he is hopeful and he is launching some really cool crap. He is, you know, and they're and they're pressing you it. got it wrong. So what? let's throw another one up. Exactly. <laughs> let's keep doing it. Let's keep trying. And, and I think that's the best part of this is that, you know, we need people like him, whether you like him, whether you hate him. He gets a lot of guff from people for, you know, being maybe immature on Twitter or whatever. But I mean, if he's really pressing to go to Mars, like, you know, God bless the guy. Like we, we got to get up there yeah. some, at some point. You're going to hate me. So what? I'm on Mars. Hate me all you want. Come up here and talk to me about it. Haters, right? <laughs> haters. The Mars haters. You're like, yeah, I'm on the internet on Mars, sucker. All right. So, uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, so what do you think about this, uh, all this alien uh, pathogen stuff? Do you think there's a, there's a reason to be concerned about it, or do you think uh, much ado about nothing? Absolutely be concerned about it, you know? I mean, we travel now. I mean, people don't even think about it, but if you travel to the Middle East from the United States and stuff like that, South America and stuff like that. They want you to get shots and virus protection and things like that because you're going to a different price. Six, the contestadors came over here and wiped out half of South America with what smallpox or something. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Now you're talking about going to a different planet, looking for water and trying to make air and then breathing it for a little while and maybe sending somebody back who sneezes on the wrong guy. You know? Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I think, again, you know, like, and, and then expecting that we're going to handle it perfectly when it gets back to earth. I think that's, that's a big, big part of that. Um, so I don't know. What's up? Jag Ace on, uh, just joined the Discord as well, said that uh, I am a researcher and have dumped a lot of archives on my page. I really could do with some help sorting out what is real and what is not. And link to Facebook page, Jag Ace, J-A-G-A-C-E, UFO Collection. So in the community there. So if you guys want to check that out, I don't, I don't know who this guy is, but uh, what's up, Jag Ace? Thanks for showing up. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I have no idea. Well, uh, well, I'll look into that later and give you my thumbs up or my thumbs down, depending on what's uh, what kind of collection we have there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm not. I'm not the arbiter of that. Uh, anyway, so so um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what about that other stuff? What about that panspermia and the fact that uh, you know the the scientists are describing maybe the common flu as being a uh, an actual. Uh, uh, coming from space and uh, kind of the flu season peaking with the, the solar um, uh, solar maxima, they call it, with the sunspots. What do you think about that? That seems a little crazy, right? It does, but we were, earlier I was setting tiles. I've got a stupid job where i got to go back every five hours and set eight tiles. But anyhow, I was listening to the show earlier, and a thought that came across my mind when we were just saying something about that a while back was that wasn't um taught Tutankhamun, the kid king there with the pyramid, didn't he have a dagger that was made out of like meteorite pieces or something? Metal from a meteorite. He did. Well, could there possibly have been something on that raw material that when they burn it off to make it in the thing that helped out with all of the diseases that, you know, when they opened up the pyramids there was a, a bunch of people got sick. Yes, yeah, because so you know there's just old dead stuff laying around in there. Yeah, that was King Tut's tomb, actually, uh, the Curse of the Pharaoh. They call that. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, with that, I, like I don't know. Uh, I don't think it's related there. But uh, they did have they did uh, revere uh, you know meteorites a- as jewelry and these these sorts of things because they realized they were literally not of this earth and very extremely rare. So uh, yeah, I mean that's a good point. Uh, the, I mean, we've had this stuff raining down forever, but it gets burnt off in the atmosphere, right? You can't expect, uh, you know, living things to survive that. Didn't they find something? And it was the, it was like Greenland or something, I think, maybe. They found where a meteor hit, you know, hundreds or millions of years ago, or however long it was, it was completely buried under the glaciers. But now that it was getting to the point that they could get in there, and there was stuff that they microorganisms that were grown in, you know, the permafrost, growing in the permafrost. Yeah, the experiments. Yeah. Yeah. They were, you know, making it in there, but they had no idea, nothing like anything else on the planet, you know. The little bears, you know, where the hell those things come from. Yeah, the, the like the extremophiles, the water bears, the tardigrades, right? Yeah, I, I can't ever think of the, the name. I call them water bears because it's a com, comes off the tongue easier. And but yeah, the tardigrades kind of looks like a little bear, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, with, with like six or eight legs or whatever. Lex, yeah, yeah, electron microscope. Yeah, and so they they actually put those. They're on the moon now. So the the Bereshit lander from uh, from uh, Israel actually crashed into the moon with a bunch of the the, the water bears on it, the the tardigrades. So now currently. Uh, tardigrades are presumably uh, on the moon and who knows if they're surviving you know they might be dormant until whatever happens but yeah they're they're there they're there 
So yeah, yeah, good stuff. Uh, good night, guys. I see you guys that are, that are checking out. Thanks for hanging out with us. Um, so yeah, uh, what else? What we got you on the phone here? Uh, we got we got Kelly right behind you. So no hurry, my friend. But uh, anything else? What we got you on? No, I was just uh, thinking about the stuff. I mean, all of it seems plausible. You know, there's no way that you cannot. It's possible. Yeah, you I know mean, why would why would you bring? Keep it there, you know. People that go to Mars aren't going to be able to come back. Let's really be realistic about that. No, of their course gravity not. is like six point six seven or whatever it is. It's like way less than ours. And you uh, know, yeah. your body's going to change. Exactly. You're going to be there for at least a couple years, so you're really going to change. Exactly. And if so, you yeah. make a couple years, <laughs> yep. you're you're correct. You're correct. And so, like Elon has even said that that he expects when people go there, it's a one way trip. You're not going to be able to vacation on mars and come back at least not yet right i mean we're we're still the total recall if you guys remember that movie uh we're, we're from domes on mars and vacations yeah that's that's a long way away yet so yeah it's going to be a one-way trip if you go to mars you're probably going to die there and uh that's you know again uh horrifying and inspiring and on all the things all at once yeah cool though kind of i mean hopefully we get to see it you know it'd be neat to see you know Half a dozen guys end up there with their little robots and stuff like that, and start building the city and be like, "Who's coming?" You know, exactly. We made it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, like, like you said, I, it's speculation. Of course, it's it's uh, it may maybe a uh, unnecessary concern on my part, but uh, uh, you know, like uh, at least we're not talking about uh, 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 the crap they're talking about on. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. any of the others CNN. yeah yeah uh, those those assholes just can't they, they they just can't help themselves they just propagandize everything it's disgusting but yeah so anyway it's not uh, good for your brain man no hell constantly no. focus on those same five stories like you say in the news show it's not good for your brain no it's no. Uh, just focus you know it's great to have a conversation about something different you know look at something different Exactly. And uh, you're a great job of doing that. And, you know, the people that call in do a great job of doing it too, you know. Thank you. Take our little shots here and there, you know, but. Hey, man, it is what it is. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, all right. So uh, I have an article here sent in by Robert on Facebook uh, from CNN. Uh, Melting Glacier reveals World War One cave shelter and artifacts. So uh, good stuff there. I'm going to share this and. uh Put it up on the screen. But yeah, good stuff, man. So uh, I appreciate the call. Uh, we're we're going to do more tomorrow. We'll have Ash on. We're going to do a little bit more of a fun show and uh, drink some maybe juice because that's what we do, right? <laughs> so uh, thanks, cool. again, thanks again for the call, Jay. You're the best. Uh, anything else while we got you on? No, have a great night, Mike. Fantastic show after a fantastic show. Thank you, my friend. I did get your, uh, your uh, review on iTunes, so thank you for that. Uh, that's cool like that. i don't know how to do that twitch thing what's up with the little points and everything else it's like i send you it, it's like send you 60 something does that cost any money yeah yeah so it should yeah, it should yeah. bill you so if you i think i think if you send points on twitch it's like cash money so uh check it out i think it's like is that good for you yeah 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 of course it sends me money but i mean just make is sure is it better you- the other way no no uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, well, I'll, uh, I'll outline how all that works and put it in Discord so uh, so everybody knows. Thanks, I'm not man. exactly sure myself, so so I'll look into that and let you know. I appreciate it, Jay. You were the best, my friend. All right, have a good night, Mike. Thanks, man. You too. Talk to you soon. Bye. 
All right, there you go. So uh, that was Jay, Jay from uh, from uh, New York, and uh, we're just talking about this stuff, this weird stuff. This uh, uh, should we be concerned about this uh, Martian pathogen that's possibly up there or possibly not? I guess uh, it's up to you to decide. Uh, so let's go to uh, Kelly, Kelly in Colorado. You're on Trouble Minds with Mike. How are you, my friend? And happy birthday! Calling in on your birthday, man. The, the soldier, <laughs> you don't miss a day. Hey, how's it going, man? And Pretty I good. Appreciate it. Pretty Thanks good. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. There's a couple things I, you know, I, I want to. I wouldn't say I want to believe, but like there is possibility that pathogens can, you know, come from asteroids, different planets, or whatnot. But I don't know about so-called dust from like uh, a packing comment or whatever that's kind of reaching for me um the only reason why i say that is because those things would have to be pretty i mean it's handling the the vacuum of space and then entering a you know our atmosphere and then in, but the the heat the temperature of the incoming is and then crash landing i don't know man that's kind of hard to believe well but, okay. you know it, they say it can't like I'm talking like uh, I'm talking like particles, you know. I'm not talking like big ass rocks and shit, like you know asteroids and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You so know, they've already proved some. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. It seems a little far fetched, except, I mean, we know that particles actually stay up in the atmosphere uh, pretty much eternally. Sometimes, right? They just kind of float up there. So, so it, it's not. It doesn't. It's it's really not out of bounds to me to consider that. They, as they kind of float down frozen in like some sort of a got you know um, a, a, a extended life state frozen or what have you uh, and then you know as the they melt they come down I mean you know I mean that that that, that makes some sense I, I, I maybe I, yeah, I don't know maybe juice right maybe juice I see what you're saying though it seems a little yeah. far-fetched but um, you know, like say, but, but, you know, something from like an asteroid that's more believable, you know what I mean? From on, on that standpoint, because, you know, they have, you know, bacteria that they've, you know, tested on these type of, uh, asteroids or whatnot. They believe to be asteroids anyway, but, uh, yeah, the, and, you know, because, you know, I'm not, there's, you know, there's some pretty extreme stuff here on, on planet earth, you know, because, uh, that can, that, you know, be able to survive everything. I don't know if you. There's a thing that's called a hydra. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but uh, um, it has ability for nonsenensis, which is uh, it's more the it's more meaning of like uh, biological immortality is what it is. So it's more like pure stem cells. You know, it could like if you was to cut in half, the body would grow a head, and the head would grow a body. Pretty incredible. It's a pretty incredible little animal. Or it's a or not, I wouldn't say animal, it's a little creature, but that's yeah, pretty amazing. So stuff like that is not, you know, in, in the realm of possibilities, and, you know, it can happen. But as for things falling to, out of the sky, that, you know, for me, like when they, you know, that thing that you were reading about, you know, the, the stars, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> I mean, come on, man, that's, that's, that's something else. For me, yeah, you know, how I take it as if it's falling from the sky, it's being sprayed on us. And it, and I the reason why I say that is because you know the army and navy or the army, navy, and uh, CIA, as you know, they have all been busted, and you know, and 
you can find it, you know, research that too. They, like, it's biological warfare on its own citizens. You know, they had like CIA was been busted with uh, uh, releasing whooping cough virus on Tampa Bay. You know, using boats, the Navy had sprayed San Francisco with biological pathogens that you know cause pneumonia, which is obviously uh, it's a virus. You know, so and, and what's funny is I used to say what well, people think is floating around in the air. This probably is, you know, like the Army. It also they released millions of mosquitoes. You know, the, you know, in the hopes of uh, to spread, you know, yellow fever. I was in uh, Savannah, Georgia. And, you know, that, it, you know, people, all these people like, you know, this weird stuff that's going on now, you just never know, you know. So, I don't know, man. Like, you read some of that stuff, that's what I'm saying, you know. Some of that stuff is like, I just, you, you can't believe everything you're reading on there. Yeah, yeah, of course, of course, of course. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir on that one, uh, but but I mean, yeah, and, and I think I think you may be right. I think there's a a whole bunch of that where uh, if it, if it's coming from the sky, what is it? And you know, I, the the, uh, the syphilis stuff and back in the you know the black community back in the what was it in the 30s when they did that. 40s I don't know it was a long ass time ago but I mean like there's tons tons of terrible things they've done to kind of test on people so maybe you I think I think you're uh, possibly maybe with a bunch of that so I'm going to go with uh thumbs up and we'll drink some maybe juice but yeah I mean I don't know like the the science stuff right I don't know but but okay but you do agree with me that bringing back something from Mars could be dangerous right if we don't handle it correctly Okay, now let's get into that subject. Yeah, that's a whole different that's a whole different ball of wax right there. Because if we're talking on uh, like let's go with aliens, you know, on an alien species or whatnot. Okay, so which is it? Are they walking among us? Can they walk among us? Or you know what I mean? We're not being affected by any kind of pathogen. We're airborne or soil or water. You know what I mean? Because if these people are are planetary, you know, universal universal visitors, you know, and you know you can't go down on every planet, but there is life on a planet, and you want to research it, you want to check it out. Either you have the ability, like you know, Star Trek, you know, they scan the Earth, and you know, boom, 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 all the information pops up. But you know, it doesn't go into like a cellular or biological, real small you know, things that could kill you. But it does tell you, hey, you know, it's breathable. It's, you know, you have this and this. There is animals there. But, you know, that's why you'd take, like, a weapon or something down with you. But even then, you know what I mean? You These things that I believe, like, these great people are saying that they're seeing, maybe these are, like, biological, like, robots. You know, they can come down here. But, they, you know, they don't really breathe, you know what I mean, or consume anything. They can just... You know, they're here for exploring, you know, because the original people that are the space jumpers are, you know, they could be different, a different species that can come down here. So you're not be able to go down to every planet, you know, to just to go check it out. It, it, and if you do, you're probably, you know, just like what you guys were talking about earlier, you're not going to come back. It could be due to the time frame. I don't know. You know, there's there's theories on that that you could go down to the planet, you come back, and everybody's aged like years, and it's only seemed to be what 15 minutes down there or something. Yeah, you know, based on the gravity the signatures of black holes. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. The gravity. Yeah. You 
Yeah. Uh, so, well, and, and then not just that, then, then there's the, the radiation down there and there's, you know, there's all kinds of things they tell us about it. But I, again, I think we don't really, really, we won't really know until we actually get boots on the ground, you know, and actually are able to kind of dig into the Martian mm-hmm. soil and, you know, look at the water content and all kinds of stuff. Like there's, there's actual like science that still needs to happen for us to really understand a lot of that. Well, again, like you said, but, but what do we believe? Are there people on Mars already? Right. Some people, some people suggest there are with the secret space program and things like that. Yeah. You know, what's interesting too, is that, um, um, let's, let's, let's say, you know, the by you know, it, uh, I'm, but let's go back to the thing. You know, I do agree with you that to bring in anything back, if they do, they should believe it in, you know, either in space, you know, like at, uh, you know, the space station as a laboratory or something, or just leave it there on the planet. Because why would you want to bring it, here anyway you know that's just too dangerous but i'm pretty sure some uh crazy-minded scientists want to see what kind of chemicals they can you know bring up as a weapon or something you know there's some freaks like that out there but um yeah but um uh well okay what i was going to say earlier was that um what was interesting i remember seeing some old um like the first, the first uh, little robot that we sent to Mars, you know, the little, uh, not the ones now. Not, I don't think it's maybe it was Curiosity, but anyway, they had pictures of the track, and I remember uh, somebody had put that video together, and they were, you know, this is like happened to do with like the cleaning part, you know, where they said they were cleaning these robots or whatever that we have out there on Mars. But what was interesting is they were he, he the part that he was talking about was when they were looking at the tracks of these things. The tracks of, uh, you know, the little tracks of it, you know, that they look like, in some pictures, they look like the soil was eating part of the metal away, right? And it was like, you know, they were, and and it was not only, you know, it was in a few different pictures, you know, different angles. It kind of does like a selfie or has, you know, takes a picture or part of it and, you know, the the skyline or whatnot. But the interesting part was that, you know, it was decaying away slowly. But then, you know, when you had the cleaning, you know, that was the other other thing that it was, you know, that was like someone changed the tracks on it too as well. That was another thing that they didn't really talk about. But that was interesting. If, 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 if we got, if that's the case, you know, if it's eating through metal, something like that, that's, you know, you don't want to bring that shit back here. No, <laughs> Why would you no. want to? I, and plus, I don't think NASA's got the got the know how to even send something out there like a return rocket. I mean, they're sorry. You know what are they going to do? Yeah, well, I think that's that's part of what we were talking about the the actual engineering uh, to bring something back from Mars without people there is uh, that seems colossal, right? I mean. Yeah, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. And, you know, in, in so many cases, we have to kind of take the uh, the propaganda we get as uh, uh, on on a bit of faith uh, that uh, at least they're telling us a bit of truth. But I, even then, right, <laughs> here we are still having a, a, a tinfoil hat show in, in the middle of the night, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the truth comes out. You just, you just got to catch it in little tidbits. They just, they send it out, you know, and, they, and then they... They throw out all their propaganda or, you know, what you want to think you want to hear. But, you know, it, it's there, you know. Uh, but I'm agree. you know, I would like to agree with uh, Elon Musk. I would like to be a part of his team to go like a one-way trip to, 
to Mars. Just to even say you're on a different planet, you know what I mean? Would you go? Yeah, I would go for sure. Me and the wife were talking about it. We were actually wanted to sign up for a commission for that. You know, they were asking for volunteers. Go through all the physical training to see if your body would be able to handle all some of that. But, uh, yeah, we would like to have done that. There you go. Brass balls. <laughs> Brass balls, Kelly. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, you know, it, I think I think it's, like I said, it's terrifying and it's inspiring all at the same time. Yeah, knowing it's probably going to be a one-way trip, but uh, you're right. I talk about amazing things, right? Yeah. If you actually go there, you'd, you'd be able to see like a Martian sunrise and a Martian sunset. You'd be able to see what Earth looks like mm-hmm. from Mars. It would be incredible. Because... To me, the incredible part would be would be the initial launch, but the travel to Mars, you know, to see, look upon the, the vast universe with your own eyes, you know. No more telescopes. You know, I mean, that's the closest I get with, you know, in, enjoying. That's why I have a telescope and, and the one, the biggest size I got, you know. I want to go bigger, but, you know, that's, again, that's, that's a lot of money, man. I'm <laughs> you gotta, pocket, but you I want to be there just to see. <laughs> your eyes on you know what i mean yeah exactly and then to land on a uh, on enough and you know the approach of the planet what you know landing maybe if you do make it safely and then you know to put your foot down on an on another planet that would be you know that'd be incredible Agreed. Agreed. And uh, NS in the chat says, I would not want to die on Mars. Earth is freaking beautiful. And I, I kind of agree there. Like uh, there would be that that uh, an eternal homesickness. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So so Elon Musk has pushed it back to 2026. And I, I, I have a hunch it's going to go from to 2028, maybe possibly 2030. I mean, he's 49 years old, right? Uh, Elon Musk. So he's not, you know, not a spring chicken anymore. So he's got to get his ass up there, or you know, pretty soon he's going to be too old to to, to go through the rigors of space. So it's got to happen, you know. He's he's like a, kind of TikTok on the clock. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I don't know though. He's you know, he's got the money to do it. You know, even if he has to, like, I think he would probably want to. Even if he died in space, he'd be even happy with that. But, uh, yeah, even though it's, it's like that, that comment was how beautiful Earth is, uh, still, you know, I still wouldn't like to investigate Mars, you know, just to see. You never know. But I, you know where I want – you want me to drop me off at? Where is that? Right Cydonia. In, uh, Cydonia. <laughs> you got it, baby. You got it. Right there, right next to the face in the pyramid. That's where I want to uh, be dropped off of right there. Yeah. Just to prove it. Yeah, you know of course, I mean? they, and they they wouldn't do that, right? You'd be like as far away from possible. <laughs> be like, no, no, the 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 base is over here, Kelly. <laughs> You're like, fuck off! I'm going to Cydonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I gotta know. Yeah, I gotta know. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. Uh, lots of lots of compelling stuff up there. Again, uh, thank, thanks for the call. Anything else while we got you on? And happy birthday again. Uh, 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 I'm sure you're 29 years old again, right? Uh, yeah, 21 again, man. Spring <laughs> <Nice>. chicken. <laughs> Spring chicken. Spring chicken. chicken We're coming back from the ashes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I appreciate the call. Hey. Uh, I'm not rushing you off. Any Anything else while we got you on? No, man. That's it. I just wanted to give my, you know, my little tidbit on it. But um, Oh, one thing, too. It was like uh, 
So, like, real quick, you know, what I was just saying, you know, like, they say they live, you know, they, they walk among us. And then you have the, the story of Valiant Thor, and he was supposed to be from Venus, right? And they're actually, he says, you know, that they're not, uh, they're not carbon-based, they're uh, silicon-based. But yet he would still be able to survive the rigors of our planet. So maybe it, maybe we can survive uh, on planets that are in our galaxy, you know, in our solar system, that maybe you can do that. You know, I'm just saying, you know, maybe juice, you know, like, let's say that because there are, they are the planets in our solar system that maybe, you know, it, it might affect us and it might, you know, uh, shorten our life or even, you know, lengthen our life. But, you know, let's say that you can at least, let's say that you could, you know, on the, on these planets. But if you was to go out of our galaxy or out of our solar system onto another solar system, you know, you couldn't do it. You know, that's, that's the other thing too, you know, just, uh, there would be the ability to do that would be remarkable as well. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. And uh, who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think uh, like, uh, like uh, Tim said when he called in earlier, we live in exciting times, right? Uh, and uh, you never know what tomorrow is going to bring because literally think about that. In our lifetime, we might get the first people on Mars, supposedly. So amazing, amazing stuff, man. I uh, can't, can't wait to see what happens, and hopefully we don't destroy ourselves before then. <laughs> Crossing our fingers. <laughs> yeah. All right, brother. Take care, man. Appreciate it, my man. Happy birthday. Thanks again for the call. We'll talk to you soon. That's uh, that's Kelly from Colorado. Happy birthday. All the happy birthdays in the chat. Thanks, man. Thanks, thanks everybody, for uh, for uh, caring. Thanks, uh, thanks Kelly, for calling on your birthday, the special day. And uh, thanks for all the great takes there. Um, as always, uh, always great takes. Uh, we got uh, we got Jag Ace in the Shoot the Breeze. I don't know if he wants to come on the show, but let's, this is, uh, let's look at this real quick. So Tim linked this. This is uh, from Politico. This is what he was talking about. Uh, plans for a new Space National Guard close to liftoff, Top General says. So uh, Pentagon officials are finalizing recommendations to establish a separate Space National Guard. The nation's top National Guard office told lawmakers potentially setting up a new cadre of part-time space professionals for the military. General Daniel Hokinson, the chief of the National Guard Bureau on Tuesday, called establishing a Space National Guard, quote, among my most pressing concerns, <laughs> what the hell is this? Uh, he continues, I believe we're fairly close on that, Hokinson said during a hearing of the House Defense Appropriations Subcommittee. Hokinson told members that the Space Force's top officer, General Jay Raymond, and Acting Air Force Secretary John Roth support a two-component construct of an active duty reserve and reserve Space Force along with the Space National Guard. The trio, he testified, have met with Deputy Defense Secretary Kathleen Hicks and are set to begin again Wednesday ahead of a briefing with Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin on the plan. Yeah, I don't know how the hell you do that, right? You're like, deploy the National Space Force Guard. (laughs) The alien invasion is beginning. Uh, This is the world we live in, guys. (laughs) What the hell does this even mean? All right, let's, uh, let's uh, let's try Jag Ace here and see if he wants to be on the show. Jagace, what's up? You're on the you're on the show, man. I don't know if you want to be on the show, but uh, I thought I'd give it a shot. You were in the queue there. Test one two. Can you hear me? Test one two. Jagace, you were on the air. You had a Facebook channel you wanted to plug. You wanted to talk about researcher. I guess maybe uh, new to Discord. 
All right, no problem. So I'm going to put you back in the uh, the thing there, and uh, there we go. All right. So he's, he's typing. He's typing. Okay. So anyway, uh, we got time for you guys. Uh, we've got 20 minutes left. Okay. That's cool. He says no mic set up yet. That's cool. All right. So uh, if you guys want to be part of the show, you know what to do. The phone number's up. Uh, Discord. Uh, you know where to find it. Troubledminds.org. And there's more here, right? So I was kind of going through a bunch of this. Uh, and again, uh, um, Robert shared this as well from CNN. The Melting Glacier Reveals World War One Cave Shelter and Artifacts. So I'm going to read a little bit of this because this was shared again. Uh, probably on point with the melting permafrost type stuff. Uh, researchers have discovered a treasure trove of World War I artifacts from a cave shelter in northern Italy revealed by the melting of a glacier. During the war, the cave shelter housed 20 Austrian soldiers stationed at Mount Scorluzzo on the Alpine Front, close to the famous Stelvio Pass, historian Stefano Morosini told CNN Tuesday. While people knew the shelter existed, researchers were only able to enter it in 2017 as the surrounding glacier had melted, adding... Uh, added Morosini, who is scientific coordinator of the Heritage Project at Stelvio National Park and teaches at the University of Bergamo. Uh, so how come the glacier has lasted since World War One? And anyway, I got some questions here. I got some questions here regarding this. Okay, so anyway, uh, good stuff. Let's go, to the, uh, let's go to the chat and see what's up. The people still out there? Anybody still out there? What's up, Tam? Tam? Tam Bam, welcome to the show. Thanks for waking up early for us again. We got uh, Brian says, Dark Side of the Moon. What else do we got? What if we are the ones giving them the ideas and things to build all this time and these things were never there till discussion came about? Uh, may, uh, maybe, right? They call that putting it in the air. <laughs> and things don't happen until the ideas uh, become become something, something to think about, something to talk about. Sherry says, better planets than here. Where? Where? Where's the next one? That's okay, Jag. I see you there. No, no mic set up. No problem. You're welcome uh, when you get one set up. Uh, hop on the show. No problem. Uh, let's see. Uh, Brian says, I truly believe our origins go back to other planets, uh, to the constant orbital rotation. They shift and tilt. The patterns change constantly. Once upon a time, we were on another planet in the same spot. And uh, I think maybe, right? Ancient civilizations and all the rest of that. Uh, what's up, Cool Channel? I see you there. It says, I just see Mars as a joke that only privileged, sheltered people enjoy. I have no idea what you're talking about. Let's see. Does my purchase ensure that Peru will always be uh, kept down so we can all enjoy low-cost coffee? I'm not, uh, uh, we we making jokes here? I, don't, I just don't understand. When I buy low-cost coffee from Peru, am I part of the deep state? I don't, I don't know. Uh, give me a call if you want to clarify. I have no idea what you're talking about. Seems like you're on a, uh, a bit of a tangent there. But anyway, it's okay. We're allowed. We're allowed. Uh, okay, so uh, what else do we got? We got, uh, we got Marge. Penny's checking out for the night. Good night, guys. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out. Uh, the Space National Guard is a private agency. Okay. All right. Robert says, uh, what, what does Space Force do? Are they, are they out in space here doing work on space? What? I think it's unclear. I think it's a little bit unclear exactly what Space Force is doing. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're, uh, they're, yeah. Uh, clearly working with the Air Force, uh, I think I would expect, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's, let's check Dogecoin, see if it's gone up. Yep. It's gone up a penny. It was 64 cents. Now it's 65 cents. <laughs> Shit, it's gonna hit a buck. It's gonna hit a buck by by uh, by uh, by Saturday when uh, Elon goes on Saturday Night Live. It's so, so crazy. 
All right. So uh, again, back to the Guardian. The flu comes from outer space, claims some scientists, right? So again, this is this is what I'm talking about. I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, uh, based on uh, a lot of this stuff like this uh, lithopanspermia. So during the 1830s, Swedish chemist John Jacob Berzelius uh, confirmed that carbon compounds were found in certain meteorites fallen from the heavens. Uh, Berzelius's finding contributed to theories pro- uh, propounded by later thinkers, including the physician H.E. Richter and physicist Lord Kelvin. Uh, Lord Kelvin declared in 1871, quote, We must regard it as probable in the highest degree that there are countless seed-bearing meteoric stones moving about through space. If at the present instance no life existed upon this earth, one such stone falling upon it might, by what we blindly call natural causes, lead to its becoming covered with vegetation. Interesting, interesting stuff here, right? And so th- this this isn't even new. This uh, panspermia and this this uh, lithopanspermia is not. This is not a new concept. This has been talked about for hundreds of years here. So uh, again, you know, like how much of this do we believe? I think that's part of the problem. Um, is, uh, you know, a lot of the information is, um, is, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't want to call it fake. Right. Uh, but, uh, it, it, it just is what it is. It, it, it's, uh, it's, it's spun by the media and all the rest of the crap we always talk about. So here we go. This, here's the article I'm looking at. So this is, uh, the panspermia theory, right? So a panspermia is a Greek word that translates literally as seeds everywhere. The panspermia hypothesis states that the seeds of life exist all over the universe and can be propagated through space from one location to another. Some believe that life on Earth may have originated through these seeds. Mechanisms for panspermia include the deflection of interstellar dust by solar radiation pressure and extremophile microorganisms traveling through space within an asteroid, meteorite, or comet. Okay? Three popular variations of the panspermia hypothesis are this. Number one, lithopanspermia. Uh, Impact expelled rocks from a planet's surface serve as transfer vehicles for spreading biological material from one solar system to another. All right, that makes sense. So we could have maybe uh, Mars uh, uh, Mars uh, uh, actual uh, biological material here already. Uh, maybe, maybe from that, lithopanspermia. The second, ballistic panspermia. Impact expelled rocks from a planet's surface serve as transfer vehicles for spreading biological material from one planet to another within the same solar system. So we have uh, from one solar system to another, then we have from within the same solar system. Then we have directed panspermia, which is the intentional spreading of the seeds of life to other planets by an advanced extraterrestrial civilization, or the intentional spreading of the seeds of life from Earth to other planets by humans. And I think that's what we're looking at uh, when we're going to Mars, right? We're gonna have we're gonna have directed panspermia because we're gonna be taking actual uh, you know microbes from Earth and you know people are gonna be uh, you know uh, pooping up there right they're gonna be eating and doing our doing our thing um, let's see uh, what do we got let's see uh, da, 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 da. what do we got uh, I was reading the chat hanging out seeing what's up let's see let's see uh, <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. All right. So uh, there we go. So so again, I I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of really good stuff here. Let's see how long this video is. Uh, Stephen Hawking talking about how did life begin, and talks talking about no no yeah that's all right. We'll skip that. 
All right. Anyway, so looking to talk to you guys. We got a few minutes left, uh, about fifteen minutes left of the show. So uh, if you want to be part of it, you know what to do. Seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven. Click the Discord link, troubleminds.org. Get your ass in here. Let me uh, see what I missed tonight. I got all kinds of articles. The ten diseases. Uh, here we go. Here's this. Now this is from Northrop Grumman, right? Which is which is actually a uh, a government contractor. And not only a government contractor, one of the more infamous government contractors, right? Up there with Raytheon and the rest of these guys. But here we go. Northrop Grumman Grumman reports this. And this is from uh, 2020, June of 2020. Um, Let's see. Uh, What's up? Are you talking about me? What's up, Scorpio? Why don't you show your face? All right, here we go. Let's show my face. All right, maybe. Yeah, it's it's on the thing. It's on the channel, dude. It's on the channel. Go down to the news show. My face is on every news show. So uh, the reason I don't at night is because I uh, drink a little beer. I don't want you guys to watch me drink beer, but maybe I'll, maybe I will in the future. I almost did tonight, to be perfectly honest, but whatever. Anyway, so can viruses survive in space? All right, can they? I think that's the question. That's the question. So the pathogen particle pro- prognosis, right? So viruses are everywhere. Some in, some don't infect humans, while some, such as the common cold, cause minor irritating symptoms. Others are both contagious and potentially critical. Today, we're facing challenges with respiratory illnesses that spread rapidly and don't easily relent. What if we could get away from it all, far, far away, and slip the surly bonds of Earth to avoid the impact of on-planet pathogens? It's an interesting idea, but what's the prognosis? Can viruses survive in space? And uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. All right. So uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 you know, it's uh, here we go. The prognosis is yes and no. Outside the confines of the ISS or shuttle, even the most resilient respiratory illnesses will have a tough time. But inside pressurized metal transports, there's a different story. Astronauts can easily bring colds or a flu from home and infect fellow crewmates, while seemingly long-dead diseases can reemerge as immune systems struggle with the stress of space-based living. The bottom line, space is no virus vacation. While you're probably protected from alien pathogens, probably, notice the word, uh, what you're already packing could make an outer space adventure very, very uncomfortable. There we go. So, you know, at least there's people talking about this. And I don't know if it's, uh, you know, and you know, if there's any actual uh, definitive answers here. Uh, so here's another one. This is actually a, a scientific paper written regarding alien pathogens. So this, this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Like there's, there's people thinking about this. There's science doing science on this stuff. And uh, thanks, Sherry, if you're bouncing. I appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Um, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Jay says, that's funny. No pics of Mike drinking beer running for office. Nah. Nah. All right. Let's see. Let's see if I can get the camera up. Hold on. Hold on. I don't even know if we have a, uh, a uh, what you call it? Yeah, no, no. I'll do it next time. I'll do, I'll do one of these other times. If you're, if you're dying to see my face, it's on the news show right there on the YouTube channel. So it's, uh, it's, it's no big deal. It's really no big deal. But okay. So, so anyway, uh, let's, uh, Let's yeah. Let's let's finish this up. Let's finish this up. A few minutes left here. Uh, again, looking to talk to you. And if not, then I'll I'll just read some of the rest of the stuff. Let's see. What else did I miss? I had a I had a whole bunch of stuff kind of pulled up, ready to go, and uh, we we pounded through a bunch of it. Um, let's see. What do we got? To the Atlantic. Uh, let's see. Uh, da, da. All right. Here you go. Here's one. This is from the Atlantic.com, and this is this is interesting. The uh, the ex- this. Why hasn't disease wiped out the human race? Fear of extinction is human. 
Thankfully, so is resilience. So uh, they say, right, that, uh, you know, the, they're talking about the African, the 2014 West African Ebola outbreak. And as an infectious disease physician, I was interviewed on outlets such as CNN, NPR, and Fox News about the dangers of the virus. And the answer I gave was always the same. Ebola is a deadly, scary disease, but it is not that contagious. It will not find the U.S. or other industrialized nations hospitable. All right, good. Right, that's good. That's a good thing. In other words, no, I wasn't worried, and not because I have a rosy outlook on infectious diseases. I'm well aware of the damage these diseases are causing around the world, HIV, malaria, tuberculosis, the influenza pandemic that took the world by surprise in 2009, the anti-vaccine movement bumping cases of measles to an all-time post-vaccine era high, antibiotic-resistant... Now, this is a scary one. Antibiotic-resistant bacteria threatening to collapse the entire structure of modern medicine. And that's, this is all real. And, and it says, all these, like Ebola, are continuously placing an enormous number of lives at risk. So, yeah, you know, like tons of stuff I was looking at tonight to make sure I kind of got like a, a wider view of what, uh, what this was and uh, how we should be thinking about it and, and looking at it. So, so anyway, I'll link some more, uh, a couple more articles here and let's finish this up. We are done. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot harder, guys, when you don't call. It's a lot harder. I have to go through a bunch of this crap. I don't get, get, don't get to drink beer. I get I, I get irritable. If you don't call me, I get irritable. Uh, so let's see. What else do we got? Uh, let's see. What else? Uh, let's see. Mike, one more great show. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Appreciate it. Uh, Jag A says, do those med beds really exist? I suppose they would take care of any health issues and viruses. If so, uh, the med beds, that's from uh, what's his face? Uh, Randy Kramer talking about the med beds on Mars and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert says, I've seen Mike's strikingly handsome face. If I was an alien, I'd abduct that face immediately and genetically hybrid it. Thank you. I think uh, maybe it has been. Maybe it has been. (laughs) Uh, Brian says, are you like me, Mike? Are you also a ghost? No, sir. No, sir. I'm not a ghost. I'm an actual person. I'm an actual person. So, okay. Anyway, uh, let's see if Dogecoin has gone up anymore (laughs) since we last checked. 65 cents. It's 67 cents. Oh, my God. I'm not shitting. Look, look. Oh, you saw it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was like three cents in, in January or something like that, right? Or four cents in January. Like, unbelievable. This is crazy. Like, the world is going upside down. Oh, Dogecoin. Yeah, okay. All right. Since we started, it's probably gone up like a nickel. <laughs> my goodness gracious. All right. So, are we betting that by Saturday it's going to hit a buck? A buck 50? What do you think? That's crazy. So Elon Musk is going to be on Saturday Night Live, and he's always talking about uh, tweeting about Doge, and uh, Doge is at sixty-seven cents currently. Can you freaking believe it? Hold on, I had a, a timestamp of where it started on the show. Uh, I sent it to a, to a friend of mine. I was like, dude, yeah, yeah. So at six twenty-six p.m., Dogecoin was at fifty-seven cents. Fifty-seven. That's six twenty-six p.m. And now it is uh, nine fifty-six. Uh, it's three hours later, and Dogecoin has jumped up 10 cents, 57 cents to 60 cents. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. In the course of one show, 10 cents Doge up. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, first rule of care, don't give a fuck. What's up, Scorpio? There you go. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? What's up, Tasha, Tasha, Tasha? Thanks for showing up tonight. Uh, you're, you're just in time for us to finish. Just in time for us to finish. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, Kate says, maybe we are microorganisms. There you go, right? We're microorganisms to the Cthulhu's of the, of the universe. 
Uh, let's see. Let's see. What else do we got? What else? Looking at the chat. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. 67 cents. Ten, in the span of one show, three hours, we got uh, a whole 10 cents plus on Dogecoin. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Robert, exactly. One bad solar flare. Bye-bye billions of crypto. And you're totally right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you think? What do you guys think? Uh, oh, uh, on... Uh, by Saturday, is Dogecoin going to hit a dollar? I think so. I think I jumped 10 cents in three hours. That's crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Uh, Robert says this. Just think of one of the, the labs that has viruses for some reason. Let's them all out. We are done. <laughs> shut shut down the whole world. Yeah, yeah. When, when, yeah. when the one shut down the whole world. I got you. I got you. Jagace says, it's been many years since I have spoken on air, but I will make uh, make my mic set up in the next time I'm here. Yeah, yeah, come on. You guys are welcome on the show. Like I said, I get irritated when nobody calls me because uh, then I can't drink beer. And so I'm sitting here with a warm beer in my hand trying to fill dead air. Here, I could always do this. I could always just play some music and just drink some beer. What do you guys think? That's less fun, right? That's totally less fun. Yeah. So anyway, we're done. So uh, the outro music is really what that is. But but this is the thing, right? We do this show three nights a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific. And we do the news show. The news show, Conspiracy News with Michael Strange. You can find us on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Troubled Minds Radio. You can find us there on Monday and Friday. And they go up on YouTube the next day. So you can find everything on YouTube if you're patient. If you want to catch us live... Monday and Friday, 3 p.m. Pacific on Twitch. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Pacific for Troubled Minds on DLive, Facebook, and YouTube. Anyway, just go to the website, troubledminds.org. You'll find all the stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. If you don't call me, I get grumpy. Don't make me put a bunch of clips together and just play some clips and drink beer, because I'll do it. I've done it before. I'll do it again. All right. All right, we're finishing this up. Finishing this sucker up. What's up? We got, uh, we got, let's see. Let's see. $100 in January would be $2,300 today. So, no? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? We need a, we need a, another integer to, to complete that math. All right, so uh, we're done. What's up, Tinfoil Timothy says, I don't know if the general in charge here is, is a good enough source. Might not be up to standards. Talking about that Space Force article he linked. What's up, guys? Join the Discord. If you have not, troubledminds.org. Click the Discord link. Come in and say hi. Jag Ace just joined us tonight. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for being here. And uh, we're done. We're finished. We'll be back tomorrow night with Ash talking about all kinds of weird stuff for the evening. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for being here. From our troubled minds to yours. Have a great night. It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials. Any way you want, open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. 
It's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme is everything you need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app, the shop for this season's essentials, any way you want. Open the Acme app, clip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details.